0: Block talk radio
1: you're listening to wide men can't jump on the wide men radio network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump and at wide can here's the best pod in sports bringing you all the nba highlights analysis and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CanBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WidemenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men can Jump. Welcome back, it is Wide Men Can't Jump, it is episode 79, it's Nate here with you, along with my cohort, my compadre, my co-host, and uh, I guess like my, uh, I'm not going to say brother because you're a lot older, so I'm going to say like my uncle, Tim Dombrova from the Great White North. <laughs> that was better than lover, I guess. Well, I mean, it could be it could be worse, right? It could be lover. <laughs> here in a second you're going to hear a rendition of O Canada because my soundboard has decided it's going to be on a delay oh, tonight. Lord. But uh we'll just say O Canada's playing because the Raptors are playing tonight as we record this and uh put yes, it out there care. to you. So as soon as O Canada rolls in here. Yes. Could happen. Can- in Canada. Any so we'll-
2: Canada where we wait with bated breath to see who can pull the Raider and or Giants move in the NBA draft?
1: Oh, there's so much to talk about tonight. It's one of those, ugh, it was one of those things. But um, the draft lottery was last night. We talked about it with both of our guests that we're going to have on the show here a little later. Tim and I both talked to uh, a couple of guys who, well, they, they both gave their thoughts. And there's some difference of opinions, and two great guests, clearly. Uh, Enjoyed them both a lot. But, Tim, let's just go ahead and start the top of the program with, there's been some breaking news. No, I wouldn't say breaking per se, but...
3: Right, there it is. Canada! (laughs) Canada! Oh, man. Canada
2: does indeed have a
1: basketball team.
3: <laughs> I knew it was coming. It was just a,
1: I knew it was coming. It was just a matter of when. But uh, <laughs> oh lord, <laughs> that was late. That was so late. <laughs> that was bad.
2: Oh, well. moving but on from anyway.
1: Brian Whitehorse, the man who gets paid to cover LeBron, uh, he has mentioned today that there is a great possibility that we could end up with Zion Williamson actually going back to Duke instead of going to play for the Pelicans. Because with the way the draft is set up now, used to be when you got the agent, you were in. The draft has changed. Now you can back out if you're not drafted or you can prefer to stay. So there's some talk that Zion Williamson could very intently decide not to be the number one overall pick and go back to Duke and play if he only wants um, to play for the New York Knicks.
2: Okay, but isn't but isn't that also on the assumption that the Knicks are going to get his pick again? now, you know that they're going to be able to get him next year. That's kind of taking a leap too. Well, either two, that or
1: it? either that, either that, or he's saying he will refuse to go wherever he is drafted. Yeah, that, I
2: don't know which is worse, to be honest.
1: Yeah. They both are I mean, stupid. I,
2: I wouldn't begrudge him going back to school. He was just going to go back to school. But then you don't declare either. So that's kind of stupid. Um, I have no time for um, what's been good enough for the last however many years there's been a draft, but suddenly you're above the draft. Sign the, one, eh, sign the minimum contract you can sign, and the minute you can get out of there, you get out of there if you don't want to play or you at least go there and then see if they can't trade you or whatever the case may be. The whole refusing to go is lame, in my opinion.
1: Well, it's uh, one of those Eli Manning, John Elway type things where, no, I'm not playing here. This is the only place I'll play, and this is where I want to go. I guess well, if Cameron, you think you're that good, you check, you get away with yeah,
2: it. Yes, but then you make that. You don't beat around the bush with that. You come out and say, uh, Mr. Pe- or you tell them, "Hey, don't draft me. I don't want to go there. You better trade me somewhere else. I won't. I don't want to play for you." Because really, seriously, what franchise wants a guy who doesn't want to be there?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, New Orleans is uh, their front office has come out and said that they don't want to trade Anthony Davis, and they're willing to wait until the trade deadline to try to convince him to stay. To keep him and Zion there. Yeah, who's, um,
2: the, who's the one team that wouldn't trade him to the Lakers?
1: That would be the Pelicans. The Pelicans said, even though the Lakers did get the number four pick, they still have no interest in trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers. But I still think he ends up there. No, no, I really no. Do. I mean, I mean, Williamson. Oh, I don't, I don't see anybody trading him to the Lakers. That would be asinine. Okay,
2: so, so then he should just go. He to wants the, to
1: go to the Knicks according now again this is all speculation uh once okay, again like there's no yeah, 100% true. guarantee he hasn't come I, out and said this he has not I'm come okay out and said i want to go to
2: but then you you go into the league and you, what what is the minute what is i don't know i'm not real familiar with the contract statuses in the nba what do you got to do uh, rookie,
1: rookie contracts years? rookie contracts for the number 1 pick vary uh no, the but most they, you part can, um, they
2: can, you can move on your. How long do you have to stay with the team that drafted
3: you?
1: The way the NBA rookie contracts work, um, the fourth year is a team option, and the fifth year you become a. I think it's restricted free agent. Uh, so you, you're basically there for the first at least or at least. Five, four, at least eh? Well, at least four. four, but then you're then you become a restricted four. free agent. So the team, if you get a big offer from another team, then the team you're with can match it. So you still would okay, be stuck so there. And you would be stuck there okay, normally so for un... at least – you're there at least uh, – when you're drafted there, you're normally there for at least eight years.
2: Okay, so it's not unlike hockey where it's three years and then two more. So you have to stay at least five. Looks yeah, like
1: normally. It's, that's about the way it looks.
2: You know, really, isn't that kind of unfair? You have to stay there five, but we can move you in ten minutes if we want to.
1: Well, it's a part of the whole situation that you get into where players were, you know, it was try- trying to stop the, the the super teams, the Golden State Warriors type guys. You basically have to get to the end of your second contract when you get big money paydays. Uh, you, know, uh, you get your first, your first big money payday after four years, and then after that contract is up, then you're able to move and go on you know, to where you want to go. Yeah,
2: you know, when I really stop and think about it, I don't have a problem with that. Because really, if you don't, you should have stayed. In, I mean, that's about the same amount of time you should really stay in school anyhow. So your whole what? What is he, 19, 20 at the most? Yeah, I agree. And So you're a whole 24,
1: or be... 25 years old. That's not really that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much agree with you there.
2: Yeah, not really feel that
1: sorry for a guy.
2: So you're getting your you're getting your multi millions from a different organization, you, your poor family, You're bro. getting
1: your money you're getting your money from an organization that you didn't pick, but they're willing to pay you. Well, let's yeah. get an outsider take on this. Uh, we got a call. I know this number. Welcome aboard, sweet Lou. Thanks.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always well, right
2: to the point with Lou. Yeah.
3: Always. Well, I am not a right now. I thought we got, I thought we got cheated. You know, we should have, we should have got Zion, and we had to sell for number three. Ugh. I mean, everybody in New York was watching the, the draft last night. I think shares my disgust.
1: Well, it kind of seems like Ooh. people are saying uh, that <laughs> since Anthony Davis, get, it's what you get for tanking. One. Well, apparently they're saying since Anthony Davis is gone, there's the conspiracy theorists out there that are saying, oh, well, the NBA decided to give the Pelicans the number one pick, and now that way they can lose Anthony Davis and they'll be fine. They're going to get Zion. They'll be okay. Yeah. So there's some talk of that, of course. every The draft lottery every year, people think, is rigged. Uh, myself included was in that. Say I bought, that.
3: Do you think it's rigged? There's been
1: times. Sometimes I do, uh, but again, the,
2: the only thing though is if it is in fact rigged, there is an awful lot of people that have got to know that it's rigged. Like how do you, how do you rig it when every general manager is in the room when they when they pull the when they do like how do you do it that nobody else would know? Like there's, yeah, there's I mean, a lot of people yeah. that would have to be in on it, and we know people don't keep secrets too well, so. I mean, I won't go so far as to say that, no, there's easier ways to influence things in ways that could not be proved, you know, like yeah. referee, referees and things like that, where yeah. you can always kind of – Maybe they
3: paid off the referees.
2: Well, th- that would be easier done than the rig and the draft, I think. I mean, you've got an accounting firm there who supposedly is getting paid big money to make sure that doesn't – you know, that the forensics are all on the up and up. So if it if it isn't boy, there really is a lot of people in on it.
3: I'm sure there are.
2: But that being said, I will I will change <laughs> the topic only slightly, Lou. I would say
1: Lose, lose oh, no. a little sour. I don't know if
2: anybody's picking well, up he's, on that. He's right though in the sense that, like I said yesterday, when we did some pre-records, I don't believe that I believe the draft is broken. The whole point is the worst team is supposed to get the best player, and they don't. Right. And that to me, whether they're tanked or not, is is irrelevant. The draft is supposed to make bad teams better and it, it isn't as well as it should. So what to do about that I don't know. But
1: Well, you're seeing it in the NFL now too, where teams will tank to try to get better. Um it's just one of those it's one of those deals I think we're just gonna have to learn to deal with. Um it's part of what I, mean, I have a- I have it on pretty good authority that we can't
2: really be guaranteed that the Knicks would have taken Zion because they're the Knicks after all.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the number but
3: one I pick get uh, and, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, so it's not a total loss.
1: If you, if you get the number one pick and you don't take Zion Williamson, you deserve to be fired from everything.
2: That's the, well, the I mean, biggest
3: everything? Pick.
1: You
2: definitely yeah. need to stop
1: paying your scouting department, that's for sure had their head, and, and the rumor is Memphis is already pretty much set on they're gonna take John Moran at number two, which not really a shocker no. there that fits, that fits their no. need and and they're gonna fit they're gonna
3: I'm, him, so
2: I'm One kind of two. a fan of I'm kind of no. a fan of Barretts myself
1: I like Barrett uh my biggest issue with Barrett is I think he is. I think he could be another Andrew Wiggins, where he's a great player, a great talent, got all the natural God-given ability, but he doesn't have the work ethic. And no, we've seen in the NBA, if you don't have a work ethic, you're not going to get there.
2: I'm going to go out on a limb right now. You'll have to write this down somewhere. I'm going to say that, okay. Zion William, that Zion Williamson will not be a horrific player, but he will not be anywhere near as good as everybody thinks he's going to be. That's my personal take. Hmm. He won't be a flop because he's too good to be a flop, but I don't think he's gonna be this game changer, LeBron type player that they all think he's gonna be. Just my opinion.
1: Uh I'm gonna disagree with him because this dude can do it all already. <laughs> he can uh, do it all. He's, he's
2: only... done it for twenty five games playing for Duke. Big whoop deal.
1: But he Yeah buddy...
2: and he didn't do it all the time playing for Duke either. He had some crappy games. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I really don't.
1: Now, do I think he's going to come out and win MVP in his rookie year or anything like that? No. No, 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 no I wouldn't no. expect him to. That would but be ridiculous. I think but he, I think once he gets into – I think he's going to have to lose some weight. He's not fat. He's all muscle. He's going to have to, will, to lose some muscle. He will not if he become
2: does. a franchise player. He will become a good player in the NBA, but he will not be a franchise player.
1: I, I don't see that. I see him being the face of a franchise.
2: Um,
1: I guess time will tell. <laughs> will tell. But he, to me, mm-hmm. he's going to have to lose a little muscle mass, and he's going to have to get used to that grind of the NBA and take care of himself because I think he's so muscular right now and he's so athletic that he's relying a lot on that. Now, he's got a jump shot. He's got handles. He's got post moves. He can pass. I think he is built to be one of those all-time greats. The only issue that we're going to run into is, can he avoid the injury bug? That's going to be the, the big one for him. I think he can, but it's a, it's just well, a matter of time.
2: My pro- one of my problems with him is, is that his game is take the ball to the hoop and smash it through. That will not fly in the NBA right now anyway. He's going to have to develop more of a game than what he's got right now.
1: He's a he's got a good jump shot. He really does. He can knock it down. Now, granted, he is more of a power move to the basket kind of guy, but he can shoot when motivated to do so. So he's gonna he'll develop that shot a little more. He'll get better. Of course, there is an, an adjustment period. The NBA is a uh, an eighty two game season, and then you got a playoffs to go through. I mean, he's so not, he's not going to be see. no
2: Markel faults. Don't get me wrong. Oh,
1: geez, who is faults?
2: But I I don't I don't I just don't think he has the and most of it isn't necessarily in the skill department. I think it's the upstairs part that I'm not impressed with. And that goes for Barrett too, for that matter. Is that feedback coming from your end, Nate?
1: No, not me. I put my mic on mute, and there was nothing. Oh, I've got a really
2: I'm not sure what it is. Let me try that once. Oof, no. no. Anyway, go ahead.
1: Let me try something.
2: I'm not sure where it's coming from. It's just like a background. There, that's a bit
1: better. All right. we well, I,
2: I okay. think. Oh, I don't.
1: I don't know what it is. Don't worry about
2: it.
3: Anyway,
1: Lou, what's your thoughts uh, though for the Knicks? What What do they do here coming up in the season? They've got. Uh, they're gonna have a lot of cap space. They're gonna make a lot of noise. Uh, a lot of people there are leaking are. To rent. A lot of people are linking Durant there. What do you think? Do, do they get Durant? Uh,
3: no and way. Then they got not to- a chance.
1: Not a chance. Do they not make a, a move to
3: trade Francie Davis then? I mean, Durant's not going to give up, you know, going to a to a team that has virtually no signs of life. I mean, because, you know, the Knicks don't. I mean, when teams get traded, they want to get traded to a team that has, you know, uh, to be in contention to either make a playoff or, you know, to win a championship or at least make a playoff end. The Knicks right now don't show any signs of that. So why would Durant want to stoop to that? Even if he does get paid more, um, it still doesn't, it still doesn't um, do any justice. Because he thinks no, he's a he'll step be a, below him. Be because
2: if he goes there and somebody else goes there, then suddenly you're talking playoffs pretty fast.
3: Hmm. I wouldn't put it there right now.
1: Well, there's been talk of him going there. There's been talk of Kyrie Irving potentially going there. And, and again, it, it's the market. It's the New York market. It's New York, yeah, it's New York. New yes. York, it's the big city. It's where people want to be. So a lot of people are looking at that going, hey, why wouldn't they go there?
4: Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, when you're that
3: bad, sure. why would you want to go?
2: Well, why did LeBron want to go back to Cleveland? That's his
1: hometown, so.
2: But, they're still, well, yeah. we're, only talking back, but we're still only talking basketball. They were horrible. Why'd he go to L.A.? They weren't any good.
1: We've maintained that he thought yeah, he was going to get
3: for, He did that for his call. family, though. No, that's for family reasons.
1: I think he went there to work on his movie star career mode, Well, that is what i uh, that's what i think too yeah. he wants he wants to get into
2: the uh, the life after basketball mode a little bit, and he's done so i mean good on well, him okay, boy. I'll give you that yeah, good on him hey, he can do what he wants he he was he's a good enough player he's earned the right to do whatever, whether I think it makes any sense or not, he can do whatever he wants
3: yeah i mean it's i mean if he wants to uh screw up his career, uh follow me but uh don't say I don't
2: well, so. Yeah, well, I think he has. He has he has kind of put a bit of a of a of a smudge on the legacy with his last year anyway. We'll see what next year brings, but
3: Uh-huh.
2: Nobody really talking about him much anymore. You know, well, no, not with nothing, playoffs, though, but still if he
3: if he didn't get hurt maybe uh we had a different season for the Lakers altogether.
2: They probably would have made the playoffs if he didn't get hurt. I don't know how where they would have went, but I think they get first in round, if he plays. First round. I think, yeah, I think he, they get in, though, if he plays the whole season. I think
1: the main thing is you got to remember is even with LeBron being there and, you know, you're saying, well, not a lot of people are talking about him. They may not be talking about LeBron personally, but look at the Lakers <laughs> still the making Lakers, noise. Though. Oh, they're talking about yeah. the Lakers. Frank Vogel yeah, for, gets hired as For the all toe. the wrong reasons, then you see going and
2: the draft all lottery. Up and
1: yeah, the draft lottery last night. They get the uh, number four pick, so they moved up quite a few spots. Yeah, and, they, uh, and going their,
2: organi- their organization is so screwed up. They got to send Kyle Kuzma up to the podium because they don't have anybody in the front office to send. Yeah, I thought that was just bizarre that he was up there. That's enough. The first, a lot of
1: people send players. Uh, up there for that. Yeah, that, they, that's they, not. Yeah, only
2: when they don't expect to get into the top. Uh, wouldn't that have been something, though, if they'd have got the first pick and they, they turned the mic over to Kyle Kuzma?
1: Well, you got to remember the Lakers yeah. actually didn't have a shot at getting up that high in the draft. They just well, don't, don't happen like to follow I don't think they've got
2: anybody to send. Who do they, who do they send? They don't have much either. Right? G- G- yeah, I mean, they just only signed their coach, so he probably wasn't ready to go. The Kurt Ramses is kind of
0: uh,
2: in some kind of limbo right now. They don't have a general manager. Jeannie Buss isn't going to go, so who do you send? Very true. I guess. I mean, it just seems odd to me. It's a very nice-looking woman, too. I read a story today where she's been – there's rumors that she's been told – to either get her act together or sell the team. Oh boy. She needs to do
1: something. But uh you yeah. know looking at looking at the two teams that are really gonna make the the run at Anthony Davis here. Uh even though some people in New Orleans saying they don't want to trade him, the Lakers are probably gonna offer ball, Ingram, Kuzma, the number four pick, all for Davis. Then you're looking at there's a potential Boston could offer Tatum and maybe Brown, some young guys like that. Uh, There's also the Knicks who are willing to probably offer Knox, Mitchell Robinson and the third pick, Um, you know, basically whatever they can to get Davis, because if they trade, if the Knicks trade for Davis, I think that'll make uh, Kevin Durant's journey to New York almost a, a given. But we'll wait and see on that. If the Lakers are able to trade and get him, they're gonna have they're gonna have a very small roster. But it, we'll see what happens there. Lou, you know you're the New York guy. Do you see Anthony Davis going to L.A. Mm. to New York, Boston, or somewhere else, or do you mm-hmm. think maybe Boston? Just tries to hold on to him and convince him to stay since they're going to get Zion more than likely.
3: Yeah, I think they're going to try to give him to stay. I really do. I mean, because, you know, without, without Davis, Tompkins are, are nothing. Zippo.
1: Well, he's insisting that he wants traded still. So that's, that's the big talk right yeah, now he, around he, the he league. Said
3: today he, he didn't care. Nah, I don't know.
2: I'm not buying project, that. So. Well, it depends on where he thinks he's going to get to go.
3: That's true.
2: I mean he it, it would be a little different if he was a free agent. He
3: he, done, I, I thought he'd give indication uh uh maybe he was to uh Boston. I think there was I thought there was some rumor about that.
1: Well that was the thing. He there has been some talk that uh, Boston could make a deal to get him, but they couldn't do it until after the season was over and uh right. They had some sort of there was some sort of clause or something to where they couldn't make a move for him last season, so yeah. now they have to wait until uh, June. I believe it's June thirtieth when free agency opens up to make a, a deal
2: to yes, make a trade. They, they
3: moved it up. They moved it up to June thirtieth. Um, June thirtieth at 16, six p.m. And
2: okay. Well, there's
3: yes, there's a there's a
2: story on Yahoo from yesterday that is New York executives. Have told other teams that they will pursue Pelican star Anthony Davis with full force.
1: Yeah, I'm not surprised yeah. by that. The only problem, the only problem with New York is they have um, to nothing to offer.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't know what. That's they my give point. To
3: Why would you go? We have nothing to offer.
1: Well, I guess you give the pick. I suppose. Oh, that three picks got to be there. Um, Kevin Knox is going to be in there And I think you got to include Mitchell Robinson And he's really been the only Bright spot for them Maybe Dennis Smith Jr. even You almost have yeah, to throw I mean. all those guys in there
2: Because then you got to yeah, ask true. I mean the only way you can do that though Is you've, you've almost got to know That you've got somebody else lined up To come there because if you don't Basically yes. you've, you, you basically trade mediocre Nobody's For one good guy and a whole bunch of real bad guys, which is no better than mediocre guys.
3: Sorry, there's no mediocrity here.
2: Yeah, you didn't really win, though. I mean, you got bad now, but if you trade everybody away and don't get anything back, well, you got Anthony Davis and nobody. So how does that really happen?
1: They think think if they get Anthony Davis, they're going to be able to sign Durant, maybe another free agent. The only issue they'll run into is they're going to go way into the luxury tax once Davis' contract is up next year, because Davis is going to be doing a lot of money. But well, they have the cap space, though. They have a lot of cap they space. They do have the cap space. They have the cap space for sure. This well,
2: season, they, have, they the, have the They cap have the cap space. money, too. They don't have anything oh, to do. The Knicks have got no problem spending the money. That's, that's not an issue. It's whether what you've got left for a team, I suppose. It's kind of like uh-huh. the L.A. thing. I mean, it's all well and good to trade everybody away for Anthony Davis, but if all you got's Anthony Davis and LeBron
4: and then nobody
2: else, is that how much really better are you? I mean, you're maybe a little bit better. I mean, but you're not, then you kind but of. you're not winning. You, kind of, you look you're like you're City Yeah, you're not winning anything with just the two of them. You're still going to get beat. So you've got to figure out a way to get that third guy somehow. Yeah, used right. to be
1: only, Used to be everybody talked about having the two star players. Now it's turned yes. into you got three.
2: Well, too many other teams have got two now, so having two is not good mm-hmm. enough anymore.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Right. As the Raptors are about to find out, maybe against the oh, against the Bucks.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, think,
1: I Really think Toronto wins game one tonight. I really
2: oh, do. Oh, nice. But I think you might find out in the long run that their two good players are not enough. And I don't know that there will be enough against, we'll see. You know, the other, against the other powerhouse who shall go unnamed.
1: <laughs> we shall see. Uh, game one is yeah. tonight. It's about to tip off here live. Um, but before we move on, guys, I do want to bring up, we have a brand-new sponsor here on the program. They Ooh. are Stay Closed. Stay Classy Meats. That's S-T-A-Y C-L-A-S-S-Y M-E-A-T-S Stay Classy Meats. StayClassyMeats.com And Tim, they sent me some of the meat that they have. I know you saw it. We talked about it last week. Holy hell.
2: I'm still waiting for my compensation check.
1: It came the other night. Uh, (laughs) I'm talking about Steak, and chicken, and beef, and burger, and bison, and elk, and bacon, and sausages, and Italian sausages, and bratwursts. They sent me a whole box, and man, this stuff is top notch So good, so delicious And I fried up some of the bison and beef blend the other day for, uh, you know, to, to eat Oh my goodness, it reminded me of a beef flavored um lean turkey burger but it still had that red meat taste that you like for burgers uh i mean i like turkey burger don't get me wrong but there's you can't beat a good beef hamburger this bison beef blend had the beef flavor it was lean it was nice balance to it really cooked well uh was really good i really enjoyed it went through two sleeves of it the other day making it so I really enjoyed that. Going to be making some steaks here soon. Uh, some of the most beautiful New York strips you ever want to see. And I know a lot of our listeners out there are big into grilling. And if you want to grill this year, this is the time to do it. Stayclassymeats.com. If you go there now and use the promo code WIDEMEN, that's WIDEMEN, W-I-D-E-M-E-N, no spaces. Promo code Men, you can save 10% on your order, whether it be a one-time order or whether it be a subscription order. The subscription orders are a little bit cheaper, but they, they keep, uh, keep you up with all the meat you want. But if you just want to order one time, you can still save 10% using promo code WIDEMEN. Go on there. Check them out. That's stayclassymeats.com. Everything. They grow it themselves. They raise it themselves. They butcher it themselves. package it, and they send it to you. And it's not frozen. It's fresh. And it's delicious mm-hmm. stuff, straight from Montana. So, check them out, stayclassymeats.com. And we thank them very much for their support of Wide Men Can't Jump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Vegetarians <laughs> around the world, I'm happy with Stay Classy Meats. Let me tell you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, we, we talked about some of the games last night. Uh, I know Portland and Golden State had their game last night, and we're going to get ready and go to our pre-recorded interview. So, Lou, my friend, it was good to hear from you again, but we got so much to get to tonight, and uh, we're welcome you back. So Well, you go ahead and handle your business, sir. It was good to hear from you again. We hope to hear from you again real soon. Thanks again, Lou, for calling in. When do you want again? Uh, we haven't decided yet. More than likely Sunday, but uh, we'll let you know for sure.
3: Okay, uh, yeah, because I'm free Sunday, so uh, just let me know the time, and I'll be ready.
1: All right, probably 8 o'clock, so we hope
3: to hear from you again, Lou. 8 o'clock, uh, my time or your time? Eastern. Eastern. Eastern.
2: Green- Greenwich, Greenwich,
3: All right,
1: fellas, good night. Good night, Lou. It was good to hear from Lou there, but, Tim, good let's day. go ahead. Last night mm-hmm. I had a talk with our good buddy Lance Smith from the NBA Point Center and from Daily Warriors analysis. We talked about game 1 with Portland. We talked about a lot and we talked about the draft lottery, a lot of stuff that we've been talking about here. He and I had a nice long conversation. So, right after we hear from our good friends at canbay.com, we're going to jump over and hear my conversation with Lance Smith. You ready for that? Play the
4: tape. Do it.
1: Are you sick of the boring, same old campsites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called CamBay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on CamBay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on CamBay.com. Use those credits. To go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys twenty free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code Wideman and get your free credits. Joining us now here on Wide Men Can't Jump again is the co-founder, editor, writer, podcaster from the Point Center and Daily Warriors Analysis, a former Bleacher Report writer, and a self-admitted Warriors homer and critic, Lance Smith. Lance, thanks again for coming back.
4: Uh, Thanks again for having me back, man. It's always a great time. Oh, and we appreciate all your support, all your
1: love. You're one of the coolest guys we've had on the show because you support us even when you're not on, you're always sharing the show and putting it out there. And we really do appreciate that. And, uh, you just always good to talk to you and hear from you.
4: Yeah, man. Well, you guys were the first people to ever invite me on your pod and, uh, you're to this day, one of my favorite NBA podcasts out there. So I'm not going anywhere.
1: Well, we, we definitely appreciate that, but, Let's go ahead and dive in. Game one just ended, literally just went final a couple minutes ago, so we wanted to jump in here and talk a little bit about that. The Golden State Warriors one sixteen, the Portland Trailblazers 94, Golden State with a runaway victory. Um, thoughts on Golden State tonight without Durant? What, how do you think they looked without him? I think uh, pretty solid performance with Curry and Thompson, 36 and 26, uh, respectively. Green had a nice game. 12 points, 10 rebounds. What's your thoughts on how they look tonight, though, without uh, Kevin Durant, who's arguably the best player on this team?
4: Yeah, well, when he went out uh, against Houston, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. I'm not stunned that they, you know, pulled away that game and won it in six. I also wouldn't have been surprised if they lost out for the rest of the series. Um, But after, after they won and looked pretty good doing it, really behind the Splash Bros and some vintage Draymond. Uh, this is pretty much about what I expected. Um, I would say just putting, st- putting the ball in Steph's hands more, uh, running more high pick and rolls, which they've been doing a little bit more this postseason, which they haven't really done since Kevin Durant joined this team. But that was kind of their bread and butter back in their uh, first two championship runs, or I guess the first year, 2015, winning the title. And then, of course, uh, when they almost won it in 2016 – so much high pick and roll, uh, basketball, spacing the floor, um, and uh, playing a little bit more up-tempo. So those are some things they did well tonight, even though it wasn't a perfect effort by any means. Um, a couple of things to keep an eye on is, uh, one, the way Portland was defending Steph was absolutely bizarre. I have never, or at least not in the past five or six years, seeing any team come out uh, against the Warriors and say, all right, we're going to sit back on these pick and rolls. But that's what Terry Stotts had his guys doing. And I I still don't know why. Um, I mean, Steph had, what, six or seven threes in the first half, just coming off a screen, pulling up right at three-point line uh, with Ennis Cantor, Zach Collins, whoever it was, uh, sitting quite a bit back. Um, It was very weird. And then the fact that they didn't – that Stotts didn't make that adjustment um, really at all, but he didn't even have them start hedging a little bit more until Steph already had, you know, eight threes 25 minutes into the game. Um, so that was, that was kind of interesting, and with Steph, you know, coming out with his shot tonight, um, that's basically just giving the Warriors exactly what they want. Um, Clay was himself, uh, and, and what's interesting with Clay is that, you know, there were some rumors that he was finally starting to get sick, Uh, earlier in these playoffs of being the third guy. Um, There was definitely some cases in the first couple rounds of him forcing his shot, taking shots out of rhythm, um, not being super patient with running the offense, and then taking really quick heat checks as soon as he makes one or two. And that's what happens when you have a really talented scorer and confident shooter who's just not getting the looks he wants. Um, And now that Kevin Durant's out, you know Clay's going to be number two option and get all the shots he wants. Um, so he wasn't forcing anything, and he just came out patient, grounded, in rhythm, and was giving it all on the defensive end despite a couple weird fouls. And, and his defensive work on uh, Portland's backcourt was definitely, um, you know, setting the tone today and keeping either of them from going off. Um, and then one more thing I, one more thing that comes to mind with this series is that uh, Bogut, this is a good series for him. Going to do what he did tonight, you know, play the first six minutes of each half. Um, Because the thing with Bogut is that uh, he defends, he protects the rim, he rebounds, he's one of the best passing centers in the world, um, and he's not really going to give you a whole lot else offensively besides some great screens and some moving screens. Um, But uh, with Ennis Cantor uh, getting, you know, most of the minutes for uh, at center for Terry Stotts in Portland, um, this is a series where uh in the limited minutes he plays he's going to be able to match up well and make an impact um so that goes well for for golden state because even if they don't need a whole lot of minutes out of him uh we obviously know he has all that chemistry already with the starting five um so those are those are some of the main things i saw today and i I can't say anything surprised me that much today other than that portland was a little sloppier on offense than I would have expected, but still managed to hang around more than I think anyone would have expected, given the fact that uh, they were they were struggling offensively and the Warriors weren't.
1: Bogut uh, only played eight minutes and twenty seven seconds tonight, still finished at a plus six in the plus minus. If that if that tells you anything about Andrew Bogut tonight, uh, plus minus is a, a great stat to to read a, a player. So I think Bogut did a great job tonight uh, just in his limited minutes. They really played a lot of guys tonight. Uh, And I'm not talking about just, you know, garbage time. You know, you saw a few guys get in. But, man, they played guys. They were 11 deep off the bench tonight. Livingston played 12. Uh, McKinney played almost 14. Looney had 24 uh, minutes. Quinn Cook played almost 13 minutes. So they played a lot of guys tonight. Um, at least a 10- le- to 11-man rotation. Do you think that's going to be something that we're going to see more of in this series Is them, especially if Durant can't go? You're going to see a 10-11-man rotation for the Warriors as this series progresses?
4: Uh, Pretty much. Um, The thing is, without Durant, like, when they have Durant, you kind of see a pretty small rotation Um, because, you know, this is one of the years where unusually – Um, it's been the bench kind of being a weakness for the Warriors. So with Durant in, you're looking at, you know, a small rotation. You got the starters, you got Bogut a little bit, you got Looney, um, maybe some Jordan Bell, but not really down the stretch of this season. And then you got, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes of Sean Livingston. When you take Durant out and you got to refill what he does with other guys, there's no one or two bench guys who's kind of ahead of the pack that's you know, fringe rotation when Durant is healthy. Um, Like when some of the guys you were mentioning, um, let's see, we talked about Jordan Bell, Quinn Cook, Alfonso McKinney, um, Jonas Urebko. Those guys are kind of all in the same boat. Neither of them have been bad this year, but neither of them have been, you know, incredible. Um, So I think with Durant out, those are the guys where none of them really have the edge over each other in terms of who's going to get his minutes. And on nights like tonight where the Warriors can go 10 or 11 deep, um, I think that's what they're going to do unless some of those guys start to uh, start to edge out each other or if some of them don't play well. Um, Jonas, Jurebko, Jonas Jurebko, I don't know how you say it, probably never will. Uh, he's interesting <laughs> for me because he's – He started off the season good. Uh, He was in the rotation from day one. He had that buzzer-beating tip in against uh, his old team, Utah, a couple games into the season, and was shooting the three well. Um, He's also a better defender and rebounder than people think. Um, And then what happened was about a third of the way into the season, his shot just kind of stopped falling. And, you know, he doesn't bring quite enough of anything else. He doesn't have any other one great skill when his shot is not falling. Um, But with Durant going out, um, since the minute Kevin Durant went out in game uh, five against Houston, um, Jurebko is one of the first guys they turn to. And luckily his shot has been falling. Um, and when his shot's falling, he's he's one really good rotation player who fits everything the Warriors need. So I would say, we, you know, we already know that Looney is going to be hopefully averaging 20, 25, or even close to 30 minutes a game. Um, I would say Jurebko, Yurebko Uh, is is probably, of of those guys towards the end of the bench, I would say he's the one who probably has the highest potential to get into um, not just being in the rotation but cracking 15, 20 minutes a game uh, for the rest of the season um, through these playoffs. And then also Damian Jones we saw tonight. I didn't even know he was coming back um, tonight. I I figured he was out for the rest of the year. But um, for those who remember, Damian Jones, was the Warriors starting center for the first six weeks of the season. That was when they were playing arguably their best ball of the entire year. Um, and he's, he's, you know, just a big six eleven long athletic uh, role playing center who does everything you need to do to play off of the court for. Um, he finishes plays with thunderous dunks. He blocks shots. He's a very good rebounder and just brings a lot of energy. Um, so, you know, there's a, if, if he's going to continue to work himself back into being healthy enough to play, um, you know, the last time he was healthy, he was a starter. So he's another guy to watch out for as well. Um, but luckily we already got Bogut and uh, Kayvon Looney holding it down.
1: It's just the rich just get richer with Golden State, it feels like. And, uh, again, they were the, the odds-on favorite to win the title this year, and I think they will again. It's just a matter of time. I got them beating Portland in five. I'm I'm taking Portland might get one when I think there may be a night in Portland when Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum have just a fantastic night and both average about 30, and they can get get themselves a win. But in my mind, they're not going to be able to defeat Golden State in a seven-game series. Um, Because let's be honest here, Portland didn't play awful
4: tonight but they lost big. No, the yeah, they they could have been much worse and honestly they were kind of lucky to hang around um given that they're just turning it over, missing some shots especially looking at CJ McCollum uh who was really as as much of their rock as Dame last series against Denver. Um, they they could have played a lot worse defensively um and I think they're going to make those adjustments on the pick and rolls because they if they don't Steph is just going to repeat tonight every single day um i'm with you i I think portland's gonna probably snag one at home assuming kevin durant is out and maybe even blow the warriors out one of those games um but ultimately lose in five at most six and i don't think the warriors are going to let it go to six because uh one thing with portland is they always play hard against the warriors over the last few years they've been one of the only teams to uh not only rip out a couple games against the Warriors, but actually blow them out a couple times in the last few years. Um, and so they're, they're not afraid of the Warriors, even though they know the Warriors are probably the better team. Um, so I, I, think, I think I think Portland's going to make some defensive adjustments. I think they're going to be a little better with the ball and uh, hit some shots that they're not hitting right now. Um, but I think, I, I, I think this is about the best they can give them. And one of the guys who's really caused problems for the Warriors from Portland really caused problems is, uh, is Nurkic Um, when, when they beat the Warriors in Oracle uh, in either late December or early January uh, in overtime, I think it was um, Nurkic was uh, just going to work inside. And even with Bogut there to match up against him, they, he would be a huge help. Um, So without him, uh, they're they're especially in trouble. They really need Alfredo Camino to get hot from three. Um, Harkless had a pretty decent game. They're going to need at least that much from him every game just to have a chance and probably a little bit more from their bench. I think Zach Collins, uh, he didn't play bad, but he could have hit a few more shots. Um, but I I, I honestly, I, I'm with you. I think this is about what we're going to see for the rest of the series. And even without Kevin Durant, it shouldn't be too much of a problem for the Warriors barring something unexpected.
1: Well, Again, and everyone was talking about Kevin Durant and Durant being gone. And and I've I've said this before, and I'm going to – there's an echo in here because I'll say it now. Do people forget that this was a team that won 73 games without Durant? I mean, this was a team that honestly probably should have won the title without Durant, Um, and they did. And they're so good without him. And then they got him, and everybody was like, well, this is just unfair. And it felt that way (laughs) to the rest of the league. But, yeah, I mean, to me it does. It's one of those things. You know, the offseason will be the offseason. But right now it's Golden State's title to win, in my opinion. And I don't see anybody changing that. Uh, One thing I will say for Portland – you know, I think if they had Nurkic, this series would be a lot more interesting because I do like the way Nurkic plays. I think he's a, big, a good big guy. He does some great things. But without Nurkic, even I, with or without Durant, it doesn't matter. Uh, the only way this series gets interesting, in my opinion, is if Curry goes down. <laughs> and hopefully that Absolutely. doesn't happen. Hopefully
4: yeah. that doesn't happen.
1: I wish no injuries to anybody.
4: Yeah, of course. I mean, I would say, I would say without KD, if, if Clay goes down, the way he's playing right now, um, Clay's a guy where some series, some games he'll be uh, a superstar, and then other ones, who, you know, there have been plenty of playoffs where he hasn't been that good. He's only averaged 20 points a game, one playoffs in his career. Um, but he's, he's been hot lately on both ends of the court, and uh, he, he's been one guy to set the tone early in the game. Uh, when the Warriors sometimes come out a little bit tentative, so I, I would say this would be about as important as, a, um, as important of a time for the Warriors to have Clay as any. Um, but yeah, I mean, without one of those guys getting injured, this is uh, the Warriors' title to lose. Um, I will say, if if say Kevin Durant re-injures his calf or something, and then we have to go up against Kawhi Leonard or Giannis. Um, both of those teams would scare me a hell of a lot more than Portland. Um, I, I, I would, I don't even know what I would predict in a series uh, against, for instance, Milwaukee. If if, uh, KD is not there. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think barring an injury to one of the splash Bros, that's probably one of the only things that could really turn this series around with Portland because the Warriors know what it's like when Damian Lillard goes for 40 and they still usually end up winning. So, I always look at Portland, and
1: I've always thought that they were just Golden State light. Uh, yeah, they play very similar. I mean, they're they're built. They're almost built in the image of Golden State. It's like this is the team that we want to be, and they have an absolutely fantastic guard in Damian Lillard, and and honestly, CJ McCollum's a great shooting guard, but they've never had the other pieces that Golden State has had. They've never had that backup point guard that's just a killer like Sean Livingston can be. They've never had that yeah. dominant three that can step up and do and play both ends fantastically like Andre Igudala They've never had the, the four or the five until they got Nurkic that can really stretch the floor and do all those things like Draymond Green. It just felt to me like Portland is, again, just Golden State light and the light will never beat the original, in my opinion, in this instance. Maybe if they get some oh, different some different role players, but that's just how I always felt with Portland.
4: Yeah, exactly. I mean, th- for that reason, this is not even a good matchup for Portland because, it's not. Th- you know, teams, underdog teams, the matchup they want are teams that they can get completely out of their element, change them, surprise them, change the tempo. Uh, for instance, like I'm looking at – Memphis five years ago when they were gritting and grinding and and, Mm -hmm. and everyone else was starting to was just starting to go super up tempo with the pace and space, Memphis was by no means one of the most talented teams out there. I mean, it was it was Conley, Gasol, and Zach Randolph towards the end of his career. Um, But what they would do is they would they would take more talented teams out of their element because no one there was no you know Memphis wasn't anyone's poor man's version. So that's that's how they were able to do things. They were able to take teams out and play their game. Uh, With Portland, their game is the Warriors game, just a little bit more low-post oriented and uh, not as good at any one position. Um, So it's exactly what you said. They're they're in many ways a golden state light, and uh, that makes this a rough matchup for Portland. Um, It would have been one thing if Nurkic was in there and they could at least see if they could get him uh, to start giving them those 20 and 10 games, even against the likes of Andrew Bogut. Um, that would have been one thing. And then they can play more inside out, which we don't see a whole lot from the Warriors. But other than that, even with Dennis Cantor being a great low post guy um, there, there's really no one particular aspect of the game that they do better than the Warriors. They're just kind of a little bit below the Warriors in every single way. And uh one thing is with, with CJ McCollum, he's so, you know, they list him at 6'3". He's probably 6'2 on a good day. Um, he does everything he can defensively at this point in his career. Um, but you look at who the Warriors got in their backcourt. They got Clay Thompson, who will absolutely happily just rise and fire from 30 feet with a, with a smaller guy in his face. And they can also put him in the mid post and the high post and have him shoot some face-up jumpers if, if uh, the offense slows down and then also we didn't see any of it tonight but one potential thing to keep an eye on is Sean Livingston um you mentioned that uh he he's that he's been an anchor for the Warriors bench uh, that Portland hasn't really have had well i mean Sean Livingston can play the 1 he can play the 2 he can play the 3 both offensively and defensively and if say you got the Warriors going with uh if you have the Warriors running a lineup of Steph, Sean, and Clay, and then you have the Trailblazers going with two or three of uh, Lillard, McCollum, and Seth Curry, you know Seth and CJ can do all they want, but um, the Warriors have two six-foot-seven guards in Clay and Sean who can either shoot over them or take them into the post and and well shoot over them there. So um, that's yeah. that's a tough th- that makes this a, a tough matchup. Uh, especially with clay being in a rhythm uh, for Portland that there's just not a whole lot they can do. And the warriors didn't even have to go to that today. Um, But if, if things break down and they, you know, maybe drop a game after a bad offensive showing, that's something that they can do that Portland can't really match up with is just start putting Sean and clay into the post against their six foot two backcourt.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's another aspect. This is, I was, and we're not trying. This sounds like we're dogging Portland, and I promise that's not the case because Portland is in the Western Conference Finals. They are a fantastic basketball team. They do great Absolutely. stuff on the court. And no I think it. with Nurkic in the lineup, I think this series would be v- way more interesting than what it's going to be. Portland has just ran into a, a buzzsaw here, and it's amazing that they did what they did. They beat. Oklahoma City, I didn't think they would. They beat Denver, I didn't think they would. I don't think they're going to beat Golden State, and that's just how I'm looking at it uh, from my end. I would have been interested in seeing that Denver-Golden State series. Though. I'm not going to lie to it. I wanted to see what Jokic and uh, Jamal Murray had for Golden State. I still think Golden State would get to the finals no matter what. I think the only team that had a real opportunity to stop them was Houston, and yep. even then I thought Houston. Even then, I thought Houston didn't have enough to do it, and I was right. Um, so, I was interested to see that uh, a Nuggets-Golden State series. I think that would have been fun to see. But uh, So, uh, Golden State wins tonight. They win game one. They will now head to game two. And I'm actually trying to find – I think is game
4: two on Thursday? I'm actually not sure. Uh, let me pull up it my is. NBA
1: app. It is Thursday. It is on Thursday. I just got my NBA app up. So, they're just going to go alternating nights uh, the whole way here. Um, yeah, that's what it's looking like. They're just alternating every single night, which is fantastic for me. I'm not mad about that at all. So, they're going to alternate nights here. Uh, but Golden State, I, I think they're going to struggle a little more once they get to Portland because that's a tough environment. That's a tough place to play. Um, oh, yeah. And especially on the road and that travel is rough. No, people don't realize actually how far away Portland is from the rest of the league because they used to have the the three teams up there in Seattle, Portland and Vancouver and you would do the north the northwestern uh block. And now with just Portland there, that is a really out of the way trip. Uh, do you think that's going to affect them a little bit once they get up there in game 3?
4: You know, I, what I'll say is you're totally right. Portland has a great home court advantage. Um, they have, it's just a tough place to win. They show up on their home court and their fans are loud and passionate. Um, so, you know, Portland absolutely has a chance to win a game or two in Portland. I, I think the thing is the Warriors are so used to playing against Portland. That, you know, this is the, I think the third time in the last few years they've met them in the playoffs. Um, maybe only the second my memory is failing me right now, but um, they've, they've been going up against Portland for a while, and they, and both Portland and the Warriors always pretty much always consider those to be big games. So I would say the only reason I don't think that travel is too much of a factor is because they're used to it um, and because they're already closer than most teams to Portland in the first place. Um, but, yeah, Portland is a very difficult place to win. Um, they, they really – find ways to defend above their individual capacities when they're at home, especially, um, especially as of the last two years where, when they've become a surprisingly good defensive team. So I, I think Portland has a very good chance uh, to pull a game off in Portland. Um, in fact, I would probably, with no Kevin Durant, I'd probably bet on Portland winning, winning at least one game. Um, but I, I don't think the series will go any farther than six. Um, but, yeah, expect Portland to really show up and play unafraid at home uh, and, and really try to defend their home court. I have I have no doubt that they're going to play with some serious pride uh, when they're back home, for sure.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, one last thing, and I'll let you go. Uh, thoughts on the draft lottery. What was your thoughts on New Orleans landing the number one pick?
4: Oh, my goodness. What a bizarre turn of events. So, I mean, since you asked, I'm just going to tell you. I, I am I am a little bit of a conspiracy theorist when it comes to the draft. Um, I'm not <laughs> you too, usually huh? A conspir- yeah, I, I'm not usually a, a huge conspiracy theorist um, with the NBA. I don't think a whole lot is rigged. I almost never think playoff series are rigged. Um, but I do think the, the draft is sometimes rigged, and I think this would have been a really interesting year um, for the conspiracy theorists uh, had New York won. Um, as soon as I saw the Lakers were in the top four, man, I started sweating. I was like, oh, my God, they're really doing this. But um, with with Memphis going two and, and uh, New Orleans going one, I don't know. I, I, just, I just don't quite get the feeling that um, those are necessarily the max, the revenue maximizing decisions for the league, especially because there's such a drop off, in my opinion, after number two. Um, I'm not huge on RJ, um, but I think uh, I'm, I'm a big John Morant fan. So we know that no matter what happens with AD, um, Zion's, going to, Zion's going number one. Um, and then number two, Memphis. I mean, it's no secret they've been open to moving Mike Conley. Uh, you know, he's, at this point he deserves to go to a contender, um, and they need a younger guy. So I, I think John Morant at number two is a hand-in-glove fit. Um, and we've seen the Grizzlies kind of bounce back and forth over the past really three or four years between wanting to play fast and play slow, so I think John Morant would be great for them um, because he can get, he can make plays, play super well up-tempo, but then if they want to play a half-court game, he's a great pick-and-roll point guard or, you know, he can do a lot, so I think that's good, Um, and then the Knicks, I would guess that RJ is their guy. Uh, We know he's a, He's a big ego, and I don't say that in a disrespectful way because he's a child prodigy um, and has been for years. So I think um, I think RJ is going to be very happy for the opportunity to go to a, uh, a big city um, and play in front of a big media market uh, where he has the opportunity to be the man in a lot of ways. And then at four, I'm looking at uh, for the Lakers, I think Jarrett Culver is an absolutely perfect fit um, he is that steady three and D guy at the shooting guard who they've been needing um, for a couple of years. And especially this year with LeBron, I think he'll be able to play right away. Um, I think he'll be able to possibly start right away. I don't see as much start potential in him as a lot of guys do, but um, this year in Texas tech, his ability to create off the dribble improved by the month it seemed. And he's a very good defender Um, and yeah I mean he's a he's just he just does it all as a shooting guard Um, so I think to me I think every single one of those in the top four really falls into place Um, and that's regardless of what New Orleans does with uh, Zion and Anthony Davis because that's going to be quite an interesting situation to look at Um, I think well let's see if if,
1: I think Davis I think Davis plays somewhere else next season talks yeah. Talks are going around right now that now that now that those picks have been uh, – shoot, excuse me. I don't know if you can hear that, but I kind of bumped something there. Uh, the talks are that those picks have now been laid down and we're going to see more than likely a package from both the Knicks and the Lakers to try to acquire Anthony Davis. And um, personally, I think Davis is going to be wearing a Lakers uniform next year. I do
4: too. I, I, now they have, in addition to everything they've already offered, now they can throw in the number four pick uh, if they so choose. So that, that'll be interesting to see if I'm new Orleans, I'm, I'm trading him no matter what, because now you're going to have Zion. You can think about how many young guys you're, you can get from Anthony Davis. You can get so much young talent, whether it's every young guy on the Lakers or uh, a Jason Tatum package from the Celtics or, uh, maybe yeah. even the mix, giving them everything, including like Mitchell Robinson. I, I'm not quite sure, but um, I think I, I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see. I think what's going to be especially interesting to see, assuming um, assuming that AD gets traded, is what they do with Drew Holiday because he's perfect in New Orleans, but he is he's like 29 or something, or maybe even 30. Yeah. Um, so his window, as good as he is, he might be past their window now, but it doesn't sound like they have a strong intention to trade him. So that's going to be super interesting to see what they do now. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how, how it all goes, and I'm glad we're not much more than a month away from NBA draft day.
1: I uh, know, and you're going to see more than likely a bidding war. Uh, I'm going to You're going to see the Knicks offer the three-pick, and they're going to throw in Kevin Knox and – if the Knicks are smart, they're keeping Mitchell Robinson. But they'll yeah. probably offer Mitchell Robinson as well. Uh, because I absolutely love Mitchell Robinson. And if probably they include you. Mitchell Robinson, if they include Mitchell Robinson, I'm not super high on Knox. I'm really not. Like, So the Lakers could counter with with a Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma number four pick, and possibly even throw in Lonzo Ball as well. Yeah. So you could You could basically see the old Lakers who were getting improvement with Julius Randle already there, throw in Zion Williamson, Ingram, Kuzma, Ball, still have Drew Holiday, and get the fourth pick, which could be another big star in in the making. So New Orleans is actually sitting in a fantastic spot right now with Anthony Davis on the trade table. So we'll see what they decide to do. They're gonna have a lot of offers, and the the value for Anthony Davis just shot through the roof by them landing the number one pick.
4: Mm-hmm. Exactly. They have much more leverage now. Boom! You got another oh. franchise uh, four or five. Yeah, definitely, and
1: and a, and a monster of a human being, and it's gonna be <laughs> interesting. To see. He he may not be happy about going there, but uh, I think he'll actually enjoy it playing with Julius Randle and and guys like that. I think he'll end up liking I hope, it. I hope he likes crawfish. <laughs> I've never had crawfish, actually. I've always wanted to try it. But, man, he'll love yeah. some gumbo. I do love good gumbo. So, uh, <laughs> I'm to one of these days. But, Lance, dude, thank you so much for jumping on. I've kept you way too long here. Uh, it's after midnight here on the East Coast, so I'm going to let you go. Um, won't you let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and, uh, or just anywhere in general on social media.
4: Absolutely. Well, uh, it is always a pleasure. Thanks again for having me on, uh, right now. Um, best way to find. I'll say that again. I said anytime. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So find me on Twitter. It is at Lance Smith TPC TPC as in the point center. Um, thepointcenter.com is is it's been on an extended hiatus, and I apologize for that. But uh, we should be back up and running, back and better than ever, better than ever, uh, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, once we're back, I'll probably start uh, plugging thepointcenter.com, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, but for now, just catch me on Twitter at Lance Smith TPC.
1: All right. Well, Lance, thanks again for jumping on, and you're always welcome here on the show. And We appreciate the love and support, and uh, we hope everybody out there shows Lance some love on Twitter, Facebook, and all those places. Thanks again, man, and we'll get you back real, real soon.
4: Awesome. Sounds good. Great, man. Thank you.
1: Anytime. Thanks, man. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P New. You can get your free consultation today by calling one eight hundred-two zero eight. 9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169 nine Stephen P New answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to the law offices of Stephen P New, one of our great sponsors here at Wide Men Can Jump. And a big shout out to Lance Smith, always supports us here on Wide Men Can Jump, and it was good to talk to him last night. I hadn't heard from him in a while. So, uh, thanks again, Lance. We very much appreciate you. Still with me, Tim?
2: Of course, I'm still with you. What did you want me? I, I okay. couldn't talk that.
1: Guest numero
2: uno. That's the
1: <laughs> Okay. Well, we got another guest joining us right now. There's a call in right here. This is David. Uh David, you're from Minnesota if I'm not if I'm right on that, correct?
5: Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call.
1: Oh, no, thank no, you for no calling problem. in. What's on your mind? What's
5: on your mind? You know, someone, you know, you played that NBA and NBC thing, so that took me back to the 90s and growing up watching it, then I was I a Knicks fan. And I've always been room for the Knicks since. And um, I know last night was a real disappointed night for all the Knicks fans out there, but I thought this actually played out great in the sense of putting them in position to land the big three that's about to happen here in about two months. And I think everything's working out perfectly, honestly. I mean, short of getting Zion, it's going great. And uh, to your point about the, the Lakers, to me, don't have a better trade package than the Knicks. I don't know why people keep putting it out there like they do, because if you look at them, their supposed young cores all damaged goods. You know, Brandon Ingram's got blood clots, so we don't know what that's going to mean for his career. Lonzo Ball, not only is he being physically broken due to the, the, the many games he's missed, we all know that his jump shot's broken, and not to mention the headache that you're going to have with his dad if you trade him to New Orleans. And so what you're really saying is it's the number four pick and a about-to-be-24-year-old Kyle Kuzma. Now, is that really that attractive of a package if you're New Orleans?
1: Well, I mean, that that is a very good point. I won't argue that. It's that's a, that's a valid point. Lonzo, to me, though, I've looked at Lonzo Ball, and if you look at him on the court, he is a solid production guy. Now, you're right. He doesn't have a jumper, uh, and, yeah, his dad is annoying and a headache, but it seems as though Lonzo's almost been trying to distance himself from his dad, but when Lonzo was out, then the Lakers really struggled. Lonzo's a guy, if you look at the plus-minus, the true plus-minus, the the player impact uh, statistics that our good buddy Jacob Goldstein does, Lonzo actually is a solid piece, in, in our opinion, based on the statistics. Now, to look at him and say, is he going to put points on the board? Absolutely not. I don't think Lonzo's a points guy. He's more of a distributor, and that does affect that does affect you in terms of what he can do offensively, but he does make the Lakers better. And I think he would help make New Orleans better. I think he would be a better bench player. Um, I'm just not high on Kevin Knox. I'm really not. I haven't been. I wasn't when he got drafted, and I'm still not that sold on him. Now, he could very much prove me wrong. Uh, I love Mitchell Robinson. I absolutely love Mitchell Robinson. I think Mitchell Robinson, if they trade him, and the number three pick with Knox, then you may be right. Maybe I like that deal a little better for New Orleans. But I'm not sold on Knox. And you, you brought up the age well, of Kuzma, which does come into question. But I do like Mitchell right. Robinson. So I think either deal would be interesting for New Orleans.
5: But but there's a lot more New York has to offer, by the way. They, it's not the end of it because they also have the two first-round picks uh, from the Dallas Mavericks that they got and they also, because part of that um, was it the Christopher Porzingis trade, and then um, you can throw that in. Let's not forget that guy Dennis R. Jr., who is not a great player, but he's a solid young asset for the Falcons to have. True, And True. age-wise, let's remember, Knox is 19. This is a guy who came out as a freshman from Kentucky. And so clearly, obviously, you a guy like Kuzma should be a more quote-unquote polished player considering he was a four-year college guy. And so what I'm saying is that this is Kuzma's – he's at his ceiling. He doesn't have a high ceiling. I think he's already there. I think mean, the player you got now is the player he's going to be for the rest of his career. Whereas for Knox, he has a lot of ceiling above him. And if you look at the Pelicans' roster, they've always needed, you know, that, that number three, that small forward position. It's been a hole for them for many years. They tried filling it with Solomon Hill. didn't work out. He has an expiring deal. He's about to leave. So it's a hole that they can fill with. And if you throw yeah. in Mitchell Robinson, now you have a center – all of a sudden, they have a, they have a well-rounded team that's got solid young players in their position. I just think, and the storyline, think about this, R.J. Barrett hooking back up with Zion Williamson. Because let's remember, the Pelicans have to now think, we've got to make sure not to have the same mistake twice like we had with Davis and get to a point where Zion's going to want out of here the first chance he gets. You know, They need to create a situation where he'll be happier to be in the world. So I think getting Barrett will play a part in that happening.
1: Well, that, that, could be, that could very much happen. Um, you know, of course, I'm not trying to say that the Knicks are, um, have, a bad, have a bad offer on the table, because I don't think they do. One thing I will say, though, it depends on what New Orleans wants to do. If New Orleans wants to build for the future, which is what they probably need to do, then I think you're right. They should go with the Knicks offer, or, or even the Celtics, depending on what the Celtics are throwing at them. But I think they could easily get the good offer with um, with the Knicks if well, they
5: wanted. Well, the Celtics maybe are off the table. Remember that because of Kyrie leaving, there's no option. Because remember, Davis has the control because he's got one year left. He has that leverage of saying whether or not he'll sign an extension with a team. And reports will put out there that his people, his management, are adamantly against him going to the Boston Celtics.
1: Okay. They are against it, but so if Kyrie, if if Boston's able to land Kyrie or able to land Davis, I think ours? that will convince Kyrie to stay. I mean that that. Well, what I mean the reports are
5: that Kyrie is a hundred percent dead set on going to the Knicks, and he's leaving Boston no matter what. And I think that I think okay. that relationship is past, is is ir- you know irreconcilable. It's no longer there's nothing there. Just like what's going on in yeah. New Orleans with Davis, you can't you can't bring the guy back. It's over.
3: Okay.
1: Well, I mean, if that's the case, then then I'll I'll agree with you. Then they would be off the table. But if you're willing to to make that play for, you know, if you make the play for him as the Knicks, they probably, depending on what they're going for, but the Lakers would probably be the better option if they want to try and win now. Which I don't think they should do. I think they need to focus more on the idea of building around Zion, building around I'm assuming if they take RJ but, but Barrett. Hold on,
5: hold on. What do you mean by try to win now with what? With Kyle kuzma
1: Well, win with well, A lot of the people think Zion A lot of people think Zion Williamson coming in is actually good enough to get to a uh, a playoff a playoff team for New Orleans. Now, I don't necessarily I, agree. I, with I agree, that. I
5: agree I don't with that. I I'm saying that what what are the Lakers giving that is somehow going to make that much of a substantial better difference than what the Knicks would offer. Because it's like I said, Ingram's got blood clots. You got to remember. He does. And so he may not, he may not even be traded. From reports I heard, he's no longer even on the trade market because teams are wary about his health condition. Not to mention there's also a health condition with Josh Hart. So, I mean, you're really, all you're really saying is that the number four pick, which probably will be Garland and Kyle Kuzma. That's what you're That's what the Lakers are really giving them at the end of the day. And and you think well, that's an attractive offer? I mean, if you're David Griffin, I mean, I don't think you'd rather you have, have RJ Barrett. I don't think attractive.
1: I mean, I don't. If there, if the Knicks are throwing in those extra first-round picks, then yeah, I would definitely take that offer. That that is better. That's a better offer. I, I don't think that. You know, if you're New Orleans, you got a lot to weigh. So I don't think that that the Lakers will necessarily have a better offer per se, especially with all that's coming out with the medical reports and the and I'll and I'll admit these are things that I'm not up on fully at the moment. I've just been really busy as of late and I haven't got to really keep up with the you know, Brandon Ingram and, and things of that. But I will say that the Pelicans are going to move A D. Now there is some talk that they may want to try and convince him to stay in new Orleans. That's been the, the idea. I don't think that th- that's going to happen and he's going to have to go. And I think the sooner you trade him, the better off you are, because I think if you hold on to him too long, then the value is going to drop because they know you have to get rid of him soon. And right. You know what? If, if, if I had to pull the trigger right now, I would probably pull go with the Knicks with those picks with, and especially with Mitchell Robinson. I really like Mitchell Robinson um, so I think that would be the more attractive offer. You can pair Barrett with Zion Williamson, and um, you know you can really work and use Knox, who, again, I'm not super what? sold on. Well, but, but imagine I don't if disagree. you're Anthony
5: Davis, too, like just from his perspective. Like would you rather go to the Lakers and play with a 35-year-old LeBron who's effectively given up playing defense and what, JaVale McGee and a bunch of guys on veteran minimum deals? Or would you rather go to New York and be playing with Kyrie and KD in the Mecca, in Madison Square Garden, in the Eastern Conference, where you're talking about a situation where Kawhi could be going to the Clippers? Philadelphia is in a total disarray and dysfunction, and essentially you only have one team to get through, and that's Milwaukee.
1: Well, again, that's all you know hearsay, and uh, you know, of course, we all That's not Durant hearsay. Is- this
5: is solid reporting, man. It's the same sources oh. that were clear that LeBron was going to the Lakers last year, and every single league insider out there is just unanimous that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both going to the Knicks. It's locked in.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, again, that, of course, that's insider sources, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I also think they're going to go there, but I'm, I'm just, I don't want to say 100% that that's going to happen. I assume it will. I have been assuming it will, and, and I even said last year, that LeBron was going to the Lakers. I thought he was going there. It made sense. Um, And I think it makes sense if if Kyrie wants to play with Durant and go back to being a second fiddle, then that's what he'll do is he'll go to New York. And if you get Davis, Kyrie, and uh, Durant there, I think you've got an Eastern Conference team that could possibly win a championship, depending on what they bring to the table Uh, and if they can gel. And I think they will. But that's just, you know, that's all... If you look at it, you know, nothing's official yet. I, I don't like to assume 100% until right, it's 100% okay. official.
5: If but it makes it better than 50% chance it's probably going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, it,
1: it will probably happen, and I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that. But I know I know some of these NBA players how they are, and they they can change their minds. Like right. a, a few years ago, a few years ago, Kevin Durant to go or excuse me, Kevin Love to Golden State was almost a completely done deal. And at that midnight yeah, hour.
5: Yeah, I
4: mean, it's it a lower
5: different. caliber a player that's, you know, but we're talking about, you know, when you have this many guys who are league insiders who have consistently been right when it comes to their insights and talking to people, when they're saying they're talking to the family and management of both of these players and they're both clear. Yeah. And let's remember Kevin Durant just this year moved his entire business operation to New York. That means something.
1: I, I mean, I believe Durant's on his way to New York. I really do. I, I've, I've said that for a while. Uh, Kyrie?
5: Right and then and then if you're Anthony Davis, you know, what, what what in your right mind would convince Anthony Davis the better option? Let's go to LA and play with this old oh, washup player in a tougher conference where we gotta no, get home state, not. Houston, Denver, Portland, come on now. It's definitely not and that's the thing. Davis Davis
1: can can Ixnay that trade if he decides to. Uh going to the Knicks would be the best option for him, I think. Uh that that's gonna be his best option. Providing Kyrie and Durant are both there, so if that's the option, then if I'm uh, if I'm Anthony Davis, then yeah, that's what I'm taking. Um, that that's the way I'm going to go with it. But
4: uh,
2: never you know, never rule out egos and money when we're talking about professional sports.
5: True, but we're also talking common true, sense but I, here too. I mean, come on. If you are talking about money, there's more money to be made in New York. You talk about the hype, the brand endorsements.
3: Most, uh,
5: are you can't, well, especially the not Knicks. It's not I mean, to come catch on. Your look what look what Jeremy Lin turned into just off of a like a a one month run. The guy became a household name. Can you, if you become a championship contending team and a star player in New York City, Madison Square Garden, that'll put you on a level that few players have ever been to. LeBron is it won't even be talked about anymore. It'll be forgotten completely if they do that. Hello.
2: No, I don't think so, but. You're entitled to your opinion. I don't think LeBron's going anywhere anytime
5: soon. No, I'm not saying he's going anywhere. I'm saying from a hype and a branding and a name recognition standpoint, being a star player in New York and being on a championship contending team will elevate your brand so high.
2: Yeah, it will. But playing with LeBron in L.A. is not exactly a step down either.
5: Well, if he's 35 and doesn't play defense...
1: Well, it depends,
2: it depends but
5: on what pieces a come
1: to you're L.A.
2: too. A, you're looking at it from a basketball point. I'm looking at it from a media point, which is two different things. Depends That's on what true, but things. then
5: at the same time, you know what happens, right? You go to, you go to L.A. with an old LeBron, and you guys don't oh, win. I, who do you think, who do you think they're going to blame? Right. I so I the, the going to Anthony but. Davis. I hope oh. he doesn't go
2: anywhere near L.A. He's a fool if he goes to L.A., in my opinion. But well, that he, doesn't he, mean he won't. That, that doesn't mean he won't. So, <laughs> that's just will I, get, I, I
1: agree with that. He will definitely get blamed over LeBron. I mean, that he, is a hundred percent he
5: fact. Did want to go there at one time, correct? Yeah, well, that was at a you know. Let's remember at that time the next thing wasn't quite as clear, and that, that was all, yeah. we were okay, in the hypothetical, give, hypothetical. I'll give, yeah, you know? I'll give you that.
2: I mean, I hope he goes to New York. I'm one of those guys who figures there's a there's certain franchises in the league that need to be good, and the New York Knicks are one of them. And they haven't been for a long he time.
1: I hope he goes to the Timberwolves.
5: Oh, well, well, he of, course you, of course oh, you oh, would. God, but,
2: I would. I would like to see the New York Knicks be relevant again. Wouldn't hurt my feelings Yeah. I just
5: think it'd be a, well. amazing to see the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, Madison Square Garden. Kevin Durant drive down the lane and just dunk all over Giannis as Spike Lee's jumping up and down and going crazy. You can't tell me. Be amazing to watch.
2: You're a Minnesota. Uh. Are you from Minnesota or are you just in Minnesota?
5: No, I'm from Minnesota.
2: Well, yeah, that's a, a really big love for the for the Knicks.
5: Yeah, it's just because you know, like a lot of people, you know, if you grew up in the '90s, you know, we all watched the NBA on NBC. And the most, you know, thing I'm also watched with the East Coast playoff games, right? Knicks, Pacers, Bulls, and so fair during enough. that time, yeah, I mean, I just, back yeah, when the. I Knicks understand. Were, back, when, back when the Knicks were half decent. Oh yeah, and I mean, yeah. it was it was every year was the same thing. It was, are they finally going to be Jordan or are they going to get over Reggie Miller here? And it was they were just like the lovable losers, you know, of the '90s. And they were a fun <laughs> team to look for. Nope.
2: Yeah, I, wow. I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of slide. I think you're you're probably, definitely from a basketball point of view, you're right. He should go to New York. He should. But we all know that. That, that sometimes, you know, if you've ever watched an NBA draft or an NFL draft, you know that sometimes what makes perfect sense to 99.9% of us doesn't to somebody else. So you can never rule it out.
5: Especially when you think about been in competence for the greater part of twenty years, so believe me, I understand. I they're gonna wrong. this organization's been signed
1: by. Hey Dave, we're I think we're losing you, man. I think yeah, your your yeah. service is, is cutting out. But uh, uh, I'll tell you what, we're losing you, but we appreciate your call. Sure. We've got some up. We got a few things we got yeah, to get uh, to.
2: Hook back up with us next Wednesday, and we'll yak more. Yeah,
1: give us a call back next Hopefully. Wednesday, and we'll talk a little more. We do appreciate you calling in, though, seriously.
5: All right, thank you, guys. You guys have a good night. Have
1: a good night. Thanks, you too.
5: All right, that was Dave. Hey,
1: Thanks for the call, good. Dave. We did hey, uh, smart guy. Passionate about his Knicks, you can tell. And,
2: and, and a smart guy, you can tell. He's not not talking out just, you know, uh, not a fanboy. Well, maybe a no, fanboy, no, but, but but an educated fanboy, if you know what I mean. An educated fan. So you you yeah. can't go wrong with that. No, so no we do no appreciate argument. his call. Yeah, no, no argument with that. I mean your opinion is is valid if you can back her up a bit. He, absolutely he to, Yeah, he had the goods to back it up, so no problem with
5: that.
1: Well, Tim, we want to welcome our brand new sponsors. Again, we say we had two new ones. Atomic Comics and Collectibles. Not all, They buy, sell comic books, action figures Funko Pops Vintage video game systems, vinyl records And other collectibles They have retro and vintage collectibles as well They do fair pricing on all their items You can compare them with eBay And other places like that And they currently run everything from online On Facebook They're in the process right now Of getting together a store in my hometown Logan, West Virginia So these guys are friends of mine They're great people Go give them a like on Facebook. They Again, that is Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Go give them a like, and that will keep you updated on new merchandise and announcements coming from them. They go to different Comic-Cons, and you never know where they're going to show up. And as soon as they get their store open, they'll be open there. But they ship only into the United States. And, of course, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future so give them a like and show them some love on facebook atomic comics and collectibles and tim i was looking over there today on their site and they've got i, I have to say i've been to a couple cons they put I, that that put site
2: too. I was impressed
1: yeah right now they are selling uh the newest item they put up is a gomez and morticia adams uh funko pop set it's a two pack. And I, they're selling it for twenty five dollars. Check sure. that out. They've also got. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Because mine's a joke. So go ahead. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is they've got a sepia Cep- DC bombshells poison ivy statue available for the next week for a hundred dollars. They have two of them in, and have pre sold one, but they have one available. So get it before it sells out. And that's a that's a very good price on that. First appearance of Gambit comic book from X Men. The book will be up for the next year or so, so grab it while it's cheap, while you can. So, they've got all kinds of stuff here. I'm looking at vintage buttons here. Here is, if you're a presidential memorabilia, here's some FDR buttons, individually priced, some for, you know, $6 here, $6 there, $5 here. So, any, uh, maybe you can fan- a,
2: Do they have any of them white men can't
1: jump buttons there? they might as well right Yeah, they got some more (laughs) historical stuff depending on what you're into this one is uh, I'm trying to look at it I can't read it it's hard to see Captain Meriwether Lewis it's a collectible uh, button set of Meriwether Lewis and John Tyler
2: I was pretty sure I saw the limited edition independent wrestling TR Shock doll there but (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: yes, there's only two of those in existence <laughs> and,
2: uh, One of them walks around and works for a living
1: But yeah, go ahead Oh God <laughs> Well, go ahead online and check it out It's Atomic Comics and Collectibles They've got so much stuff they're,
3: That we can't even describe Spend
2: some of your money on, with good people
3: And locals Yeah, that's you, great West stuff. Virginia, You're
2: in the Kentucky area
1: Again, any kind of comics, any kind of collectibles you're into, even even the remember the old they, small uh, Walt Disney books and the Mother Goose books. Yeah, have I saw some of those. On
2: those. There. That was quite a flashback for me.
1: Do they have a mail order? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can order by mail. The best way to order those to message them online, and uh, they'll work with well, you well, that I mean, way. I mean, like if you you can, yeah, I mean you don't have to
2: you don't have to physically go to the store to uh, to purchase. No, stuff. no, they'll <laughs> they'll mail I it have. to you.
1: No, they'll
2: mail it to you. I find out where I Again,
1: live. they only mail... Right now, they're only mailing in the United States, but they're going to be working on that as well. So, hopefully, we can get more from them. So, thanks again to Atomic Comics and Collectibles. Tell Leslie and tell Michael
3: you I am, said, uh, hey.
2: I'm willing to become the uh, Canadian distribution hub for Atomic Comics.
3: <laughs>
1: well, that, that would be great. Can't wait for that, but... Tim, before we wrap up tonight, we got a little more show left. Right now it's halftime of game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. And the score, as it says right now, the Toronto Raptors lead the Milwaukee Bucks 59-51, if I'm mistaken. Let me double-check yeah, that score. Yes.
3: Yeah, and Toronto leads was, 59-51. Uh,
2: Toronto was out ahead early uh, in the first quarter. They were up by 11. Yeah, and, Milwaukee and, uh, came back. Milwaukee has come back a bit in the second quarter. It's been pretty even the last five, six minutes.
1: Yeah. From what I've seen. So it looks like a good game. And uh, speaking of, you know, we talked draft lottery. We talked about both conference series last night. You and I both did with our good buddy Mike from NBA Quick Report. So let's go ahead and jump to that now. And we'll hear from Mike from NBA Quick Report, and we'll come back and wrap up the show. So stay tuned. We got more coming. Okay. And joining us right now from NBA Quick Report is our good buddy, Mike. Mike, thanks for coming back on and talking a little basketball with us.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate that.
1: No problem. Well, first thing we want to dive into is the NBA draft lottery took place tonight. I want to get everybody's initial thoughts on the draft lottery. Mike, you go ahead and start here. Uh, In case anybody missed it, we'll just go ahead and rattle off uh, what happened with the draft lottery? The number one overall pick went to the New Orleans Pelicans, who uh, surprisingly as the first time they've gotten the number one pick since uh, the Anthony Davis draft. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies get the second pick. New York Knicks third. Lakers fourth. Cavs fifth. Suns have had a 14% chance to get the number one pick, fall to sixth. Bulls, 7th pick, Hawks, 8th, Wizards, ninth, 10th is the Hawks again, and then unfortunately Minnesota, my team, uh, 11th, Charlotte, 12th, Miami, 13th, and Boston, 14th. Mike, initial thoughts
0: on the draft lottery? Well, it must be the luck of David Griffin, honestly, because who really saw the Pelicans come out as the number one overall pick? All the spotlight was on the Knicks um, with that first overall aspirations, but Pelicans swoop right in, and now they can pair Zion with AD, and or they can, you know, trade Anthony Davis, and we'll see what happens the rest of the offseason. I know it's going to be it's going to be crazy, to say the least. Uh,
1: reports are saying that they have still decided that they are going to be moving on um, from AD. Apparently, there is some talk that he is still going to get uh, traded. Tim, what's your thoughts on the draft lottery? I've seen some people say that, uh, you know, this could be the end of tanking as we know it. What do you think?
2: Well, I don't know about that. My, my initial thoughts are is that the draft lottery is broken. Um, I don't like when teams who are in the middle of the pack are getting fourth picks. And that's not necessarily because it's the Lakers, although that certainly doesn't hurt my opinion in that area. But uh, I don't know. When I look at this, it just seems that the whole idea of the draft is to make bad teams better. And some of the bad teams, even if they are tanking, aren't going to get any better, or not much better. With you know, when you're getting a six pick, and wherever right, the Wizards are like ninth, and I don't know. It just it just seems that they, they need to work on the the formula.
1: Well, that was the whole uh, the whole reason for the changing of the odds. Um, I'm kind of surprised that the that the the Pelicans got the number one pick. Um, again, for years I've always thought that the draft lottery was in some poor, some former way rigged, and I think everybody has felt that way. But this year I feel like they actually did the draft and they actually did the lottery for it. So I'm not sure. This has been uh, this was interesting, Mike. New Orleans lands the number one pick, but then you look at the other two teams that had the same odds, the Cavs get the – I think they fall the, – the Knicks fall to the third three, pick. The
2: Cavs are five.
1: The Cavs are five. The Suns are six. The Suns don't even get a top five pick, and they had third – you know, same odds as the top two. How do we fix this? Is it, Or is this a problem? Is this a thing where we should look at it and say, you know what, this is just the way it is, or – do you think we need to keep the system, and this helps prevent tanking? What's your thoughts?
0: Well, like like you said, and like you guys both you know, kind of touched on, I think the draft should be a way for the teams to become more competitive. It should be a way to be to even out the playing field. And um, with the way it's set up, that's not really how it's it's happening, and it's going to happen in the future when you have a team like the Pelicans who are clearly were better. Than teams like the Suns, Knicks, Cavs, um, and those two and those three teams didn't even get a top two pick. So, I mean, there's there's good chances for a lot of these mediocre teams just staying mediocre because they can't figure out a way to get a top pick.
1: I see that, but at the same time, I actually, I don't want to say I like the way the the lottery works per se. I'm not against. The the idea, though, of teams not getting – what's the way I can word this? Teams not necessarily having the worst record and still getting the top pick. Does that make sense? I think teams right. – I think if you get – go ahead.
2: Well, okay, let's look at it this way. What if the Boston Celtics pulled off the math and got the first pick?
1: I mean, it
2: could have happened. Okay, but I'm just, I mean, okay, the odds are are almost zero. But they're not, but they're not, but they're not zero, so it could happen. What if they did, what if they did something like this? What if they took, like, the top, and I don't know what numbers you'd have to have somebody way smarter than me sit down and figure out the math, but if they took, like, maybe the top four or five bottom feeders, and they had them draft for who was going to get the first pick, then they threw everybody back into the into the pool again and then drafted the rest of the draft. and if you get the first pick this year you can't get it next year even if you're worse you're out you can't
1: have it I, mean,
3: in a row.
1: I mean I mean that that's an idea. Uh, I have heard some people argue that if you win the lottery or let's just say you get a top three pick, uh, you shouldn't be allowed to get a top three pick next year. you should be ineligible from getting a top three pick. Uh, because okay. you're supposed to get one of those great talents but then you got to look at it and then the argument is well what if there was a weak draft class what if you were the team Cleveland that got Anthony Bennett um who was just a, an absolute bust granted you had the number 1 pick but okay. what if you know you don't okay. get well, so any better. you
2: can't control everything the, the math of the of who picks or who gets the picks that we can we can have some control over the draft classes, well, that's you know, that's kind of up in the air. There's not really much anybody can do about that. It is what it is. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. There's, a, there's something wrong with when I the Lakers. I mean, I hate to pick on the Lakers, but, I mean, an organization like the Lakers is going to get the fourth pick, and they don't need it. Or they shouldn't need it. They might need it this year, but they don't. They Traditionally, that's a waste of a pick. That should go somewhere well, else.
1: Well, the rumor going around right now is the Lakers are going to package – a couple of players with that fourth pick to new Orleans for Anthony Davis. That's the big rumor right now. going well, can, around you, that,
2: can you imagine if the Pelicans take Williamson with one and then take Barrett with four?
1: It is a possibility.
0: <laughs> it is. I, I don't see Barrett falling to four though. I think the top three is a lock with Zion yeah. Morant and Barrett. Um, but the thing is, it, it might end up being a bidding war between the Knicks and the Lakers as far as a trade for Anthony Davis because that three-pick is much more valuable than the four-pick, even it though is. they're only separated by one pick. But it's, you know, the Lakers will have to string together a couple players because the Knicks would definitely be willing to give up the three and Kevin Knox along with that pick just to go ahead and go get Davis. Um, so, I mean, so it'll it'll be a bidding war. and. So- does
2: Davis want to go now as badly as he did yesterday?
0: It it would have to be some kind of behind-the-scenes talk um, because, you know, you still have a guy like Kevin Durant who's been heavily linked to the to the Knicks. So, I mean, you got to think if one goes, another one's on his way. That's how I look at it.
2: I would agree with you on that.
1: I think Davis still wants out because he's – I think Davis is tired of the small market. I think Davis wants to go somewhere where he can get – he you know, you, you don't hear a lot of – you hear a lot about Davis, but you don't hear a lot about the Pelicans. I think Davis wants to go lead a team that can win now. And even with Zion, the Pelicans are not going to be good enough to win now. I know he's a generational player, but he, he's going to have a transition uh, to the NBA. They all do. They all have some sort of transition. They don't just come in and become MVPs. Now, do I think Zion's a future league MVP? Poss- possibly. But I think this trade, Davis is still going to want out. You're going to pair Zion with Julius Randle. Possibly, uh, depending on what you get, you're going to get Moran or Reddish to go with him. If the Knicks trade for him, you could possibly – or not Reddish, excuse me, Barrett. But there's some other players as well that could pair up nicely with Zion in New Orleans. Um, I'm I'm wondering what Zion thinks about all this because – Zion and the Knicks have been linked for now for so long and everybody knew that's who the Knicks wanted. And all they had to do was get that number one pick and it was theirs. Do you think Zion wanted to go to New York?
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty um, evident. I think that he wanted to go to New York. Um, He never publicly said anything. He's just trying to keep the best public image as he can, but there was reports all over the place that his heart was set on New York. And, Um, whether it was his call or not, he was whisked out of that room pretty quick um, after the Pelicans got the first pick. So, I mean, he's, he's so young. He knows that it's a lottery that nothing's guaranteed. So, I mean, you never know, especially with the Pelicans trading Anthony Davis, they're going to get a lot of young talent back in return to pair with Zion and drew, uh, drew holiday, Julius Randle. I mean, there's a lot of players that could be paired with him to make a, a run in the future.
1: Very true, and you got to think if you're, if you're the Lakers, um, the Lakers are going to probably offer anybody but LeBron because they pretty much did at the trade deadline. Uh, they're going to use that number four pick. They're going to package. Uh, I'm thinking Kuzma, maybe Lonzo Ball together with the number four pick and try to make a move that way to get, um, to get Anthony Davis. Because I think if you pair LeBron with Davis and then you've still got enough room for a free agent signing this off season, then the Lakers will be back in the playoffs, back where they want to be. Um, And LeBron will be surrounded with talent. Frank Vogel will be coaching. Um, I don't know. The Lakers, just seems like the Lakers, though, are, are trying to win constantly now. They're not interested in rebuilding. They're interested in it's time to win now. We don't want to develop these guys because they trade Julius Randle, who had his best year in New Orleans. They've traded yep. uh, D'Angelo Russell, who just had his best year in Brooklyn. So while I don't agree with the way they go about it, it works. So I think I think the Lakers are going to ultimately land Davis. I don't think he's going to end up in New York. Unless Kevin Durant can pull some strings. I think Davis's landing spot would end up being the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and you still have to factor in the Kyrie Irving effect because that could, is a very big possibility to go with Davis as long as they can clear some cap. I think it'd be very close. But um, there, is a, there is a way they could have all three players on that team, I know for a fact. Um, but realistically, I think the Lakers are the number one option. And with your win-now take, I do agree with that. Um, but it doesn't always pan out. They tried to do that with Kobe and um, Dwight Howard and Steve Nash. Yeah. Look what happened. Yeah, there. I remember. That That was dumpster fire. But oh, you make that decision. When when you have LeBron James, you commit to winning now. You don't – you're not grooming people for the future. When you have, you know, a top two player of all time, whatever you want to say about that different discussion. Um, <laughs> But that that's something that you got to just – you sacrifice the future for the present, and that's what the Cavs did, and look where they are now. But they do have a title to 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 show for it. Yeah, I'd More say you it, you're, you're you're. I'd say you're right on
2: the money with both of those assessments. They've got what would you say, maybe three or four years of LeBron left, tops, to where he's still yeah. Cause he is. I mean that that I w- I that,
1: would that may argue, be pushing yeah,
2: it. Yeah, I would argue that he's already starting to decline a tiny bit, but he was so good that it's. You know, he's still, he's still good. Um, and their fan base is not about uh, having an average team. They they want to uh, – I mean, that's L.A. They want a winner. And they had one for quite a while, too. So, they're kind of spoiled there also.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very true. They, they have been spoiled for a long time in L.A. And if you notice, people like Lakers fans and <laughs> – not to pick, and we're not trying to pick on Lakers fans, but man, oh man, they, uh, it just seems to me that they don't want to put in the time to reload. They're more about, okay, this is L.A., people should want to come here. So I don't know. Uh, but with the draft lottery, the Lakers, um, were looking at them, impo- I mean, possibly could, they could move that pick. The Knicks are willing to offer their pick. Memphis, um, with their pick, it could be time for Mike Conley to move on. The trade of Mike Conley could be coming, and we could see Ja Morant step in there in Memphis. They could go that route, or they could keep Conley, maybe try to grab a Camret, or not R.J. Um, Barrett at that pick. Only time will tell on, on that. What do you guys think about Memphis? They get the two pick. Of course, we all know New Orleans is going Zion. Uh, if you don't, well, there's something wrong. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm. What do you think Memphis does here?
0: Um, I think they go John Morant. I think that um, the Grizzlies were already shopping Conley before last year's trade deadline, so I feel like it's it's pretty much. I'm not gonna say a lock, but I think it's pretty much set in stone that Morant will be selected by the Grizzlies and Conley will be moved. Like I said, they were already chopping him before, so I, I think this gives them a lot more reassurance. They have their their future point guard and player to build around, and it's time for them to move on to timely. Very true.
1: Uh, the draft lottery, it's just, it's interesting. Mike, do you like the draft lottery? That, that's a question I don't think we really asked. Are you a fan of the draft lottery, or do you think there should be a different way to handle this? What's your thoughts on that?
0: It's really hard. Um, to just sit back and say, well, it could be easier to do this in hindsight, um, but I mean, I, at least they're trying to change things up. It's hard It's hard to say stuff like that because they are making moves to at least better it whether they say they're preventing tanking or not, but I, I still think there are issues with it. It's hard for me to come out and just say, well, do this and this and, and it's fixed, but um, I think they're going to keep messing with it over the next few years um, and hopefully they can figure something out, because I don't think it's 100% right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. and it's hard to say if, if they ever actually will get
0: the perfect
1: system, per you, se.
2: You can't. I mean, the mathematics are involved, and there's always going to be an anomaly in there sooner or later, where something falls out of the blue that makes no sense. You know, that that was only like a uh, 1% chance of happening, and it never really should have happened, but it did this time. You're always going to get that. It's trying to keep that down to a minimum where it doesn't defeat the purpose of the lottery. Now, how you do that, like I said, that's going to take a smarter guy than me. But
1: Yeah, yeah
0: it's, I, it's I, mean, I, I agree. Go ahead. Okay, I, I was just going to say that, I mean, no matter what you do, not everyone's going to be happy. There's always going to be people who are complaining about you know the way things are set up and how the things pan out. But you just you can't control some things and it's just you're not going to please everyone. You just got to do what what they believe is best for the entire NBA, not just for a certain few franchises.
2: Well, or or what what do you do if you uh, uh the the lottery falls like it should and then a the team makes an absolutely ridiculous selection and defeats the process, which happens. Sometimes, where we are, the pick gets yeah. announced, oh, it, and it and yeah. the We've pick gets seen announced. Seen and we, yeah, and we all go, who, who is that, and where was he from? What, where did that <laughs> come from? So you know, th- there's, there's still more things to it. Just in that the no system is perfect, and I don't think you're ever going to get one. But as long as they're, I guess, as long as they're cognizant of the fact that it didn't really work that well this year and somebody's got an eye on it that they just don't blindly stumble into it again next year, then I don't have a problem with how how it works.
1: Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. It's, it's a, it's a hard sell This this is a not exactly something that you can just look at and say, well, here's an easy fix and and fix it. This is something that is going to take time. And one thing I do like, I believe, Teams are now going to be paying closer attention. Teams are going to be okay. Well, you know, it didn't work last year. The ta- all the tanking, all the losing, and when you lose a lot, I don't think I know a lot of the players don't really realize this, but I know the the owners and the general managers know they lose money, uh, and they they lose a lot of money when the team's losing because you don't get fans turning out, you don't get you know those merchandise sales and things like that, and you don't get, you know, you're not on national television when your team sucks. Um, So, a lot of that hurts. So, hopefully this can help alleviate the tanking situation. I do agree I want teams to get better, but I do hate when teams tank on purpose, if that makes sense. If you suck, you suck. But just purposely putting out bad lineups and making trades, trying to land something big, I think – the, the draft lottery, I, I like eliminates that. That's just me personally. But so that's something you, I've always liked.
2: You mean you don't like it when their star players don't play for absolutely no reason? They just start no. on load management. That 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 term has become so popular these days.
1: <sighs> it's not fair to the fans that pay the money to go. The ones that actually go, it's not fair to them to To go to the building and, you know, let's just say you're going to watch. We'll just use the the Lakers as an example. You're going to watch. Well, let's say LeBron James just says, you know what, I'm not playing. Well, are you hurt? Not really. It's load management, you know. Okay, well, you just paid a lot of money to go to Staples Center to watch Lonzo Ball. I mean, and, and of course, these are good players. Don't get me wrong. Good players, but not – superstars that you would pay top dollar to see and ticket prices don't go down for load management. So
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's my biggest argument. You can't hide like you once could either. Where you can't. A guy could say, you know, okay, he's got an nagging injury and he's out and nobody really thought much of it. Maybe the odd reporter would do some digging, but the general fan wouldn't be any wiser. Now, you know, I'll, uh, LeBron didn't play last night because he supposedly had a knee injury or whatever, and then we saw him at seven clubs, and the next day he was doing ten more things that an injured basketball player probably shouldn't be doing, and that kind of backfires. Which it has a couple times this year, not on LeBron, but on some other guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. The the social media aspect of it it really makes it hard for people to to do that nowadays. It really
2: even does, up, but uh, even up here, uh, up, even up here with Leonard and Lowry and all or, and all that nonsense, I mean, it's working out pretty good so far. But there was a lot of PO'd people when you would uh, buy a ticket to go see the Raptors, and neither of them would play, and nobody knew it till you know ten minutes before game time. That's that's not really the greatest way to run a franchise in the long run.
1: What happened to me I when I went and watched? I went to Miami and watched the Heat when they had Bosh and Wade and LeBron. Um, didn't know until I got to the building after I'd already bought my ticket. Uh, Dwayne Wade was not playing that night. And that was the uh, only one, the only time I had a chance to watch him, and he didn't play. So okay. it was a little disappointed. Can,
2: can I throw this out here now Now that you brought that up, right, and I'm wondering you know, how you guys feel about this. With um, I'm not sure what the NBA is. Have they fully embraced the whole gambling, legal gambling thing?
1: I haven't heard him speak against it.
2: Well, not like the NFL who's fully on board and uh, the NHL is fully on board for next year. I, the reason I bring it up is because people have started to say that uh, the teams are going to have to be a lot more um upfront with what's wrong with guys and who's starting and all this kind of stuff when people are making bets and prop bets on all that nonsense.
0: Uh, I haven't heard too much about that. Um, I, mean, I just, know what you're it, talking about yeah, it, it, just NFL, popped up
2: in, yeah, it just popped up in hockey because the hockey is quite fond of uh, well we're not really going to tell you who's going to be until two minutes before the game starts and uh, this guy might be out uh, but he's just got the uh, upper body injury which could be anything from uh, you know he's got a broken finger to a concussion to God only knows what and if people are spending money on uh, betting on who's going to win that sort of thing, they probably have a – well, not a right, but they're saying they might be a little bit miffed if that information is not more available than it is now.
0: Hmm. That's interesting. I just Googled that right now. Um, let's see here. The the NBA and MLB, they do have an integrity fee to provide pro leagues with a 1% cut on all bets. Um, so they're, they're going all in with these money, with these uh, gambling grabs here. And, and Adam Silver, you know, was quoted as saying, we think the integrity fee is something we are entitled to. So they're definitely not against any gambling as far as, like, that goes. And it looks like they are embracing it, but they're looking for their cut. Cause,
2: and that and that's fair, but now let's use the example of the Raptors, okay? It's Toronto's playing uh, Golden State, and the, you want to put 100 bucks on the Raptors, and then you find out at game time, oh, by the way, <laughs> Valerie and Leonard aren't playing tonight. They're, they're right. healthy, yeah, that is. You know, they're healthy scratches. Well, <laughs>
0: that is interesting. How, it makes you makes you know makes what? you think. What's you know, maybe someone's throwing that. Right.
2: Or are they? They may not too. They may just say, "Well, that's just part of the part of the way it works." But we know when there's when there's a revenue stream involved, that usually gets the league's interest pretty pretty quick. And I would imagine the gambling one is going to be. If they handle it properly should be a rather large revenue stream.
0: Absolutely.
1: Just throwing up. Well, it out one there. thing I do well, you brought up Lowry and you brought up uh Kawhi and let's just go ahead and talk about it. We've got yep. Prime, the Raptors Minister, and the Bucks. Prime
2: Minister Leonard, you you mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Raptors and the Bucks p- facing off in the Eastern Conference Finals. What's your thoughts, Mike, as, he, as here we are, we're at the Eastern Conference Finals now. A lot of people said this was what they expected. Some people were surprised the Celtics and the Sixers aren't there. What do you think? What, what
0: are your thoughts on this,
1: on, on what we're looking at here in the Eastern Conference Finals?
0: Well, I think all year signs are pointing towards this being what seemed like the most competitive series. Um I think both teams are phenomenal, and it, this could really go either way. I think it'll be a really competitive series. And um, thinking, of, you know, on the Raptors side, Lowry's got to show up for them, um, or they're going to have trouble because, you know, the Bucks have had a lot of extra, um, you know, so, so this statistical inputs from um, from Siakam, or I'm sorry, from. Um, Middleton from Bloodsoe, and now they have Brogdon back. They have a lot of extra pieces outside of Giannis who can consistently put up these numbers. And outside of Kawhi, they're going to need to have someone other than just Siakam step up for them, and that's got to be Lowry. Yeah, I have to agree with
1: that. Um, I actually think in this series, now a lot of people are probably not going to agree with me on this, I took the Raptors to win this one in seven. I think this one will go seven. Uh, mainly because Kawhi Leonard. I think his experience in these games and these these late games, especially with what we saw against Philly, and I think Kawhi is going to have a great series. And, again, I think uh, Kyle Lowry does need to step up and play. See, Occam's got to be healthy and play well. Uh, the one that I'm really looking forward to, though, is to see – a potential matchup between Kawhi and Giannis. I want to see Kawhi try to guard Giannis. I want to see how he does, uh, especially at this this stage here, at this level. I think the Raptors can win this series and get to the NBA Finals. We'll have to wait and see, um, but I'm happy with either team going because it's it's to me it's different and I like that. What, what say you two, Tim? You go ahead. What do you think?
2: Oh, I agree with that. It's it's, it's nice to see some fresh blood as it were um, and it's not the same old guys I don't know if Toronto has got the horses um, they don't have much of a bench really or they don't use it anyway uh, it's going to be yeah I mean it's basically going to be Leonard versus Giannis and whoever wins that battle is probably going to be on the winning team
0: what do you think Mike I can agree with that. I, I just think that um, it's going to be a lot harder this series for Kawhi to do it all himself because he's probably going to have Giannis checking him every possession, or at least for the majority of them. Um, and I think that, I don't think he has enough help compared to Giannis as far as consistent consistency with you know more than just one extra player on the side. Like you said, the Raptors aren't very deep. They haven't, or at least in this playoffs, that they're they don't seem very deep at all, whereas the Bucks, they could go eight, nine deep, and they could still, you know, keep on uh, keep the lead going. Um, I, I personally am taking the Bucks in six. Um, I know you don't like to hear that, but um, I just think that they have too much as a team for someone just like you know Kawhi to go after. And that's not even a knock on Kawhi because I love Kawhi. I think he's phenomenal, and he's you know Finals MVP. But I don't think he single-handedly is enough to take down um, the Greek Freak and the rest of the squad.
1: Well, again, we'll have to wait and see, you know, what shows up because there was some games in the, the series the Bucs were in where I felt that that maybe the role players didn't – and I know that game one against Boston, the role players did not show up. They didn't play well. Um, I, think, I think Toronto will come out in surprise a lot of people in game one, just because of the emotions of winning that game seven. And Milwaukee has been at home sitting for a while. And I think that them not playing consistent basketball is not going to help them as much as what people think. I think them winning in five was great, but I think that layoff is going to hurt them.
2: They also have not been tested once. They've had no – um, adversity to deal with so far. I mean, a four nothing and a four one.
1: I mean, they lost. <laughs> their big, their they lost biggest the... adversity. Their biggest adversity was Paul Pierce on the microphone after Game right. One and in, in the semi
2: <laughs> But but they they haven't faced. A, you know, we're uh, down three two and we got to win tonight or we're out. Kind of thing, and they're a young team. I mean, they may, that may not bother them at all. It may also be. I mean, we've seen that before too, where. Sometimes you got to you got to learn how to uh, lose before you can win, if that makes sense. Toronto's been through it where you know, everybody kind of maybe didn't pick them to win at all but thought they'd do better than they have and they folded it up in the playoffs. It it can, can happen. So I still think Milwaukee's probably
1: a better team than Toronto, though. Possibly, possibly. We'll have to see on that. But uh, how about the other series, Mike? We're sitting here now, Golden State, taking on Portland in a match of, well, I call it Golden State against Golden State Light. That's what I've been, uh, that's been my anchor here. Golden State always just seems to dominate Portland. Um, Mainly because if you look at Portland, you look at Golden State, they play very similar, up and down style, shoot a lot of threes. Without Nurkic though I think this is going to be and of course we all said it in every series that they were in this year I think this is the series where it comes up and it it hurts them not having Nurkic on the court I think the lack of big guy depth hurts because Ennis Cantor cannot play and guard Draymond Green uh Zach Collins My- Myers Leonard it's gonna hurt them um even if even if Golden State you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, they're going to have a tough time if Durant doesn't play. They're, you know, they're going to struggle without Durant if he doesn't play. This is the, this is the team that won 73 games without Kevin Durant. I, I think people forget that. They didn't have Kevin Durant when they won 73 games and won a championship. I don't think they're going to struggle much with Portland. and And that's not a knock on Portland. Portland's a good team. But Lillard and McCollum are both going to have to go off on the same night, and they have yet to do that this series. What do you guys think? Mike, start with you.
0: Yeah, they're both going to have to average probably 30 points apiece just to take down the Warriors, um, and that's without Kevin Durant too. I just feel like outside of them, they don't really have too much of a supporting cast offensively to compete with Golden State. I mean, you can't really rely on Rodney Hood to get you double digits every every night or you know push that 20-point threshold especially with a banged-up knee, too. Um, and like you said, the lack of depth, um, you know, at in the at the power forward and center positions. I don't think a 21-year-old Zach Collins is ready for that yet. Um, and and Cantor can't check anybody defensively. So it's going to be really tough. I, I'm saying Golden State in five because I think that there will be a night where um, McCollum and Lillard just can both go off for 30 to 40 points apiece, you know if necessary, just to steal a game. But I just think that Golden State has too much, and especially defensively, just to check those guys. They know if they take away those two, make the role players beat you, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I took Golden State in five as well. Tim, any thoughts on this series? I know game yeah. one is actually, as we're recording, yeah, go,
2: game
3: one is going yeah, go,
2: on. Go look, at the, go look at the box score for game one. There's eight seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And McCollum have got 31 between them. Uh, you talked about Rodney Hood, not, you know, that he wouldn't be able to put up 20 every night to be some help. He's actually got 15 tonight, and they're losing by 12
1: points or 13 points. So. Yeah, Mo Harkless has 13. Yeah, so they just don't. The
2: You know, the Warriors said, you know, they're the champs for a reason. You know, they, they've got a good team. They've been there, they've done it. They know exactly what it takes, uh, and they always seem to figure out a way. You know, they're, they're kind of becoming patriot-like. They, they, although they've got a much better team than the, Patriots, but that's a whole other story. Uh, they just mm-hmm. figure they, they they figure out a way of how to win, and they know how to do it. And well, okay, you well, got well and, Durant Durant's out, so of course oh, well well they're, they're they're vulnerable. Well, so then Curry throws up thirty-three tonight, and and fills that hole up, and the other guys at the bench. Stay in. Everybody on the bench has got points. That's played. What are they? Almost thirty they points. They played the eleven bench.
1: guys tonight. They yeah, have played I mean, they eleven just, guys.
2: They're getting it done by committee tonight because they have to or they need to, and that's so that's what they're doing. This team is. Uh, I mean, I like Portland. I think Portland's got a pretty good team, but uh, I don't think they can hang with. Well, they're not gonna hang with uh, Golden State. It'll be over. It'll be over in. Yeah, um, probably five and maybe six if they're really, really lucky.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm looking yeah. at. Uh, but, Mike, you know, we've kept you on here quite a bit, and we we wanted to talk a lot here, and we have talked a lot about the, the lottery. Uh, the draft order has been – the complete draft order has finally been released, um, and we wanted to talk about that. We wanted to get to a few th- takes on the series, but – you know, you were on the show for the predictions earlier in the year. How's your predictions been this season? What was your predictions early on? Just to kind of it's look at
3: <laughs>
0: Looking at the predictions, you, you asked me for a bold prediction. Um, I, did. And I did. And I said that the Knicks would finish dead last um, in the Eastern Conference. And I did take some flack for that from uh, – I forget the other guy's name, honestly. What was his name? Tom, <laughs> T R. Did Tom give me some trouble on that one. Oh, I got I got I some trouble. You, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> there was some trouble there. Um, I think the consensus. Tom, you Tom's a, a big Atlanta believer. To Tom's a big bottom.
1: believer in Mitchell Robinson. He's a big believer in Mitchell Robinson, and he really. And we honestly thought that the Atlanta Hawks were going to be the worst team in the league this year. But you know, I was I did I didn't disagree with you on that. The New York Knicks, I knew were not going to be a good team this year. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, ju- I just saw what they did last year without Porzingis in the lineup, and I was like, yeah, there's no way. So, I mean, that was mine. Um, and then in the Western Conference, I said that Denver would be the surprise team that could push um, Golden State as far as the standings go. And, I mean, it was pretty close. They got the, the two seed. They um, And for most of the season, they were the one seed. They just kind of slipped up towards the end. Golden State went on a run. But um great season by the Nuggets. I mean, going from yeah. ninth seed, no playoffs all the way up to a two seed and made made some noise in the playoffs, um, but they have, they have a lot to a lot of room to grow still,
1: yeah, and I was actually hoping that the nuggets would would get to play Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. That was a matchup I wanted to see. Uh, you know the funny part uh, most people were probably not even thinking about this. Michael Porter jr, he's still on the nuggets. If he comes back healthy, oh, man, I'm just – a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, that could be the missing piece for them, Dude. so we'll
0: he's see. Talented. He's talented, talented, very talented. Hopefully he's um, 100% or close to it, especially by the time the season starts. But, I mean, he if he hadn't gotten hurt, he was pretty much a consensus top, you know, couple picks there. And even with the injury, he was um, still a pretty high selection so and they knew coming into the season that he would that he would be playing or if he did it'd be late in the season. <clears throat> and he's and he still got picked at that spot. So very talented player and I, I hope that he is hundred percent because he he could be fun to watch with that team.
1: Yeah. So a lot to look forward to and a lot to think about and especially with everything that's been going on here this season and the draft lottery, and here we're getting close to the finals. And, Mike, it was really good to have you back on, man. I really do appreciate you jumping on. And you stayed in contact with me throughout the season, and I do appreciate that. And we're glad that you're uh, willing to jump on Wide Men Can't Jump with us and be a part of the Wide Men family. Really do appreciate that.
0: Oh, no no problem. Anytime you guys know where to find me, just, you know, uh, hit my line whenever. I'm happy to talk to NBA and at any time, you know that. Definitely. Definitely. But won't you let
1: our listeners know where they can keep up with you, and uh, let you get your plugs in there before we let you go?
0: Yeah, go ahead and check out at NBA Quick Report on Twitter. Always keeping up with the latest news, um, scores, you know, hot takes, opinions, all that good stuff. Just a lot of great NBA content on there. So go ahead and give us a look there on Twitter, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely check these guys
1: out on Twitter. They've got a lot of great stuff. I know I, I follow them uh, personally and on the Wide Men page. 37,000 followers. So they've got to be doing something right. Uh, so good stuff over there on uh, NBA Quick Report. So do go check them out. Show them some love on NBA Quick Report. Thanks appreciate again, Mike. Appreciate that. We really
0: that. do appreciate you jumping on. No problem, guys. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you.
1: And that was mine and Tim's conversation with Mike from NBA Quick Report. And, man, oh, man, we had a lot to talk about, didn't we, Tim? Mike's the man. He is. Right now it's the third quarter. The Bucks are up, or the Bucks trail by four. Raptors are up 78-74 as we speak. And Siakam's going to shoot a three and brick. So now the Bucks have a chance to cut it to a one-possession game. But, Tim, we have went overtime and then some tonight. <laughs> I see that. Indeed. So much to talk about, and it's been a great night, great episode, and we want to thank you guys for listening in on iTunes, Podcast Attic Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and at com, where you can keep up with all the latest news from the Wide Men Can't Jump family. Also, we do want to tell you we want to thank our great sponsors, Stay Classy Meats, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, and of course, cambay.com. And again, make sure you guys check out Stay Classy Mechie's promo code Wide and you can get 10% off of your purchase. Tim, any final thoughts before we close out this program?
2: I sir have no final thoughts. Let's let's call it a night.
1: All right, it's been a great episode. We want to thank everybody for tuning in and taking a listen. Tim, send us home.
2: Peace, everyone. Have a good night.
1: I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com, and also be sure to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Radio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at widebandcanchum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts that are available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com and by cambay.com. Be sure to visit cambay.com and use promo code WideMen to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wideman Radio Network.